So uh, let me do the introductions. This is uh, Vinyl and Vision. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, tonight's guests are Damian Perini and Chelsea Paulus uh, of the band Tall Teenagers. Um, we're missing your other halves, uh, Shannon, your wife. Shannon's my wife. And she's your sister. Yes. That's awesome. How do you guys feel about being in a band uh, amongst family like that? It's like, how nice. does that work for you? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm kind of envious of it. I, I admire that. Like, well, you did, you, you were in a band with family. Yeah. Well, you? my brothers, yeah. uh, but that didn't go as smoothly as it seems to be going <laughs> for you guys. So that's kind of why I ask. I mean, not that I expect any dirt to be th thrown or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, no, I, I know that it can be challenging, you know? Well, it's hard because uh, me and Shannon have a kid and then it's getting out of the house at the same time. And yeah. Practicing. So we'd have to get babysitters a lot and right it's, it's uh but other than that it's yeah it's we're all pretty close so it's uh it's a lot of fun right yeah throwing the kids in the mixes makes it more difficult but i but that's another thing that i kind of noticed about you guys that i admire is that like you guys even last night you were out at a show <laughs> yeah, yeah we're pushing it <laughs> yeah no but it's good because you're you're music lovers and so you know you kind of really can't um kind of get that out of you you kind of need to go and do that and and i admire that your your enthusiasm to con continue to remain a part of the the scene around here and and you know participate yeah you know you know it's uh i kind of look at it as i can't complain that no good things are coming around if i'm not going to see them when right. they do happen so i kind of always try to prioritize yeah, going yeah to i see took bands like and a long time off of going out to shows and playing when I had younger kids, and now they're kind of older, um, yeah. they're 10 and 11, so like they don't really need me as much anymore, so mm. I'm able to be in a band and um, go out to shows and stuff. Yeah. There we go. All right, so uh, we were saying how uh, your children are now 10 and 12? Uh, 10 and 11. And 11, yeah. okay. But uh, so they, you know, they don't really want to hang out with me. They want to play video games, and um, yeah. so they don't really mind that I leave and go to shows. They're almost at that point where they're self-sustaining. Yeah. yeah. It's more like mom stops singing around the house. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> My kids put that hammer down on me fairly early. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically why I haven't been playing anymore because like. <laughs> oh, I'm like, no, I'm going to sing around the house. <laughs> yeah. They just and in the car. Feelings. It's going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just took it too personally for, for some odd reason. <laughs> yeah. For some odd reason, the four-year-old could just, you know, ruin me. Yeah. And, I, uh, like, Max okay. was around four. He, he heard me playing something. He goes, what is that? And I'm like, it's a song I'm working on. And he's like, oh, that's terrible. You should play your old songs. <laughs> I was like, that was, <laughs> that yeah. was horrible. Well, at least he said play your old ones, you know, because he gave you some kind of, like, uh, you yeah, know, I don't know. acknowledgement. It's probably accidental. He yeah. Was, you know, well, he's trying to hurt me. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, it'll only get worse, really, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Cole, one time I was looking through like a, a Jim Carroll like poetry book, like trying to get inspiration for writing lyrics and stuff. And then like later on, he's like, hey, what about that song you copied from that book? <laughs> like, I didn't copy it from the book. <laughs> yeah, I was just plagiarizing. You know, just sometimes we have I mean, to resort to that. <laughs> One day you'll learn. You'll you'll, you'll be out of <laughs> this you'll, is the world of ideas, yeah. and you're just gonna need to steal it from someone. Uh -huh. <laughs> Maybe. Do you think they have any musical uh, tendencies, your kids, right now? Uh, 
I don't know. Not yet. They no. don't really show Well, my older signs. one is like a really good artist, but he mm. has no interest in music. And then the younger one will like walk around kind of like writing songs in his head. Or if I'm hmm. like playing in my studio, like I'll hear him kind of like sing the same like lines, you know, but he won't really admit that he wants to like music because that's yeah. what I do. So it's not really that cool. Yeah, I guess that's the, the weird dynamic that we have with our kids now is that if we're artists and we participate and we're, we're like active in that, they see it and they have to do the counteraction, right? They So they have to be contrary to whatever our interests are. Yeah. So we're almost kind of doomed to have these kids that are just going to be like these weird like jock kids that are just want to play sports. <laughs> and, <laughs> All my kid wants to do is play sports and buy sports-related clothing. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a... <laughs> Once I went over their house from the gym, I think I was picking up a microphone or something, and he looks at me and he's like, "Nike, Reebok, like all that the uh, outfit that I was wearing." He's oh. like, "He's like, what kind of shoes you got on? All right, Nike." He's like, "What about your socks?" I'm like, "They're just champ." I'm like, "They're just champ," and he goes, "Yes." <laughs> Nuts! So sizing you out of yeah. nowhere. That's amazing. I'm like, I passed. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes he says he wants to play guitar, but obviously I'm not gonna. You know, right. When he's ready, he'll. There's a quite a few around the house. So yeah, I would imagine. Deal. Yeah, knows I have, where, he knows where to find them. So right. Yeah, I have a little bit of setup in the house. Like I haven't been playing much, but I have like the keys and my bass set up. So um, the kids are kind of like asking about it now. They're like, "Can we? Can I play the organ?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just turn it on." It's like here. Here's how you turn it on. Just flip that switch. Flip this switch. Okay. Nice. And go go to it. He's he likes the sounds. Because the organ has a, a D-beam thing. It's a Roland. And so you can just control the sound kind of almost like a theremin. Oh, cool. Oh, that's so cool. you just kind of move your hand and it controls the frequencies that, that and stuff. Like it has a ring modulation and stuff like that. And oh, so cool. he just kind of gets all wiggy with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just crazy about making sounds. That's cool. So uh, but that's a good first How step, I guess. How old is he now? He's eight. Eight? Yeah. And my oldest is ten. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, they don't really care for music, though. Yeah. Like, just even listening to it, I'm just like, put something on. Yeah. Me too. Well, we do that thing in my car where, like, I'll have my phone, and I put it on Spotify, and I pass it around, you know? And everyone mm-hmm. can add a song to cue, and I'm like, whatever you want to play is fine. Like, I'm not going to judge, like... They don't even know what to look um, for, though. No, like, like one of them's, like, super into, like, Justin Bieber and, like, mm. or stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's fine, you know? Like, you'll right. find your way with music, <laughs> but the other one's like... No, watch like YouTube, like video game music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or K K pop is a new <laughs> K pop. That's K-pop. news news to me the other yeah, day too. That's I a new thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, they'll probably kill me for like talking about this. My kids but. probably know what it is. <laughs> we took them to a school dance recently for uh, I think it was for Halloween, and they actually like hooked it up with like this DJ and light show. It oh, was wow. like an amazing party. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. I was just like, what is like? Wait, we were, this is public school. <laughs> what, is, what is this all about? But they had a blast and it was amazing. And so the DJ was playing all this music and I think like they played it like Imagine Dragon, Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And I don't know who that is, but I kind of recognized the song a little bit. But all of the kids were losing their shit. Oh, that's cool. It was like, huh? I'm excited. I didn't about even something. know my kids knew this song. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I don't, what I don't know. What was that band they were super into? Oh, Twenty One Pilots. Twenty One Pilots. Yeah. Oh, that might have been it too. Actually, we might took have been them to um, a Twenty One Pilots concert in Albany, New York. We took like Ooh. a trip out there so they could go see because it was sold out in Providence. Oh. Okay. Some and it was like still face value, and I'm like, let's just make a night of it and go to the show. And we took them to their first concert, and they were they were psyched. Like it was really cool. Hmm. Um, but. 
I don't know Excuse me. if Speaking I can take them to K-pop concerts. That's really cool of you to take your kids to, to a show, even if it's not a band that you necessarily care for. But so let me ask you that. What what was your first shows? Mine was um, Public Image Limited. Really? At Damn. I think it was at the P-Pack. Um, my mom took me and I was 14. Wow. That's... That's pretty good. Yeah, Can she was she was a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not I'd say. not really. Uh, well, my sister took me to see uh, Cool in the Gang at the Warwick Musical Theater, Whoa. and I f- and we were in the front row, and I apparently fell asleep. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they had like the rotating stage there, revolving stage. Uh-huh. And I guess every time the singer came around, he would like kind of like laugh at me. <laughs> so that was and. Uh, I think the first one I really wanted to go to was uh, Van Halen. Probably, she, my sister took me to that as well. I was probably like 11. Oh, cool. And that was pretty awesome. Wait, so how old were you for the Cool in the Gang show? It was like six or seven. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I actually saw Donovan at a free concert in the um, Roger Williams Park. Oh. Yeah, I can't yeah. top Donovan. At right? Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> pretty solid. I yeah. think we were super young, though. I was. I didn't really care who Donovan was. My mom liked him, and I think mm. I was like nine. Yeah, you can't appreciate that. It can't might have been a little bit of a that, yeah. past his prime Donovan, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he was doing the children's record at that point. He was doing a... I have no I idea. what it's called. <laughs> yeah, he put out a double record. He put out a record, and then like the second half of it was like a children's record. Oh. Yeah, like... Um, I didn't know that. What's one of those weird funny songs he's got uh the man in the boat what is it called uh <laughs> i can't remember the, the song title now but uh he did a child's version of it which is basically the same except <laughs> there was a little bit more vocals going on in it just kind of huh. went off a little, a little like more i like donovan he's good yeah, yeah i like donovan <laughs> too um so now the record that we're going to feature tonight is uh the velvet underground self-titled record it's their third record are you familiar you're familiar with the record of course right mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. what what's your uh, how did you get introduced to the Velvet Underground, or what was your first experience with this record? Well, I so my 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 brother had the Velvet Underground box set, and I had copies of it. What age was this? Um, I might have been like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, um, maybe a little older. Maybe older. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Shoot, Somewhere around I'd, there. Yeah, high school, I'd say. Young, so, younger guy um, still. But So I didn't know. I didn't have the uh, track listings or the names of the... It's pretty much chronological, but I didn't know what... So you were going through the whole so I box list, I, Yeah, there was five discs. And oh, then, okay. Um, each one was like the record and then like one record and then a bunch of outtakes and other stuff like that. Oh, okay. Demos, live th- stuff. And uh, so I don't know exactly when I heard that one in particular, but I remember yeah. liking pretty much all of it and yeah I, I mean back when probably when i first heard it i liked it more as they went you know as it as time rolled along i liked it got more more like rocking right more like straightforward because i was younger and maybe not ready for the first two yeah i mean if you I think were, this is you probably know, really the first really van halen at that time yeah. <laughs> you know that would be a really big switch but yes. obviously you kind of got into it still kind of listened to it more and developed a feel for it and a yeah, and then in my twenties, I probably like really started to like Velvet Underground and Lou yeah. Reed solo stuff. But I heard definitely had heard it before, but didn't make a lasting impression on me like a lot of stuff that you know. When I bought like Clash records and Stooges records and stuff, I might not have 
really liked them right away. And, yeah. You know, just hung on to them, kept revisiting them because I thought I was missing something, you know, so it was probably yeah, along those lines, too. That's pretty advanced listeners uh, kind of mentality to like be like, oh, I got to give that another shot. You know, I think like as a kid, maybe you wouldn't do that. Like, well, I, as I, for me, I, I guess I, at I least thought I there was say. like a lot of investment in buying like say like for instance i bought if i bought a record that was twenty dollars or something i remember buying the first stooges record it was like 25 dollars at tom's tracks and i didn't love it right away but i was like i'd spent <laughs> a lot of money on right. that and yeah. uh at the time and uh well, it's still that's still an expensive record to me it i is. think but um uh, Even today, that's still pretty pricey. <laughs> I feel but like was, records was like, never changed how yeah. much they are. Like the price of a record or a CD, it's like still the same that it was. Um, yeah, I mean maybe for our generation, but I know like uh, you know I've seen some like old because I've go through so many records now. You'll s- I still find some with the occasional price tag still on it, and there's like a Beatles record for like five ninety something. Yeah. yeah, which you know when it came out in the '60s, that was a lot of money, but yeah, I think like, for our generation, it's like a different thing because like when we started listening to music, people paid for music. And then right. as you like, you know, went on, people paid for music less. So they never like changed the price on music, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like to buy a CD would be the same price hmm. as when yeah, I yeah. was buying uh, CDs in like the 90s. Right. Yeah, but it's probably uh, averages out to be about the same. Yeah. So... But uh, I, I feel you on the investment thing. Like, well, like if you can just listen to it for free and move on, if you don't like it, there's no, no reason to go back and listen to it. But if right. you like, if it's in your house, right, and you bought, and it. you're not gonna throw it out, right, <laughs> you know, you'll listen again. Yeah, and the real sale market probably wasn't very good back then either. It wasn't yeah. really a thing I thought about. You right, know, like you're selling. Like, you know, Oh, I, I could sell this and get my money back for it. It's like mm, when no. I changed interests, <laughs> I would take my CDs to Dubai Comics and sell those, though. So that was right. They used to give you like three bucks each. Yeah, remember that? We had loot. <laughs> yeah, right. Did I think you? they still give you, still give you store credits for used stuff. <laughs> I don't know how much, though. I wouldn't dare do it at this point. I'd just be like, I'd rather just sell this myself. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't Video think video games are like that too. <laughs> like they'll give you like three dollars. Yeah, like, thanks. I spent sixty bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what was your first experience with uh, Velvet Underground? It, back in, like, when I was in high school, we hung out with a lot of bands. Um, I didn't really go to school that much. We just kind of hung out with a lot of bands <laughs> and um, and listened to records and stuff. And one of the bands was Freak Show. You remember Freak Show? Oh, yeah. And Jay Reddington was the singer, and he was really into a lot of um, more mellow stuff than what Freak Show is. You know, like, we were listening to a lot of, like, Leonard Cohen back then, and hmm. Velvet Underground, and so he was one of the people that kind of first turned me on to Velvet Underground. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you got you got turned on by another uh, local musician guy? Yeah. So this is it. This is my copy. So um, I did a show on their debut record, and I think at the time I didn't even really bother to do the research too much into the record. I was just like, I knew it was like, um, just like iconic, you know, um, this is their third record. The Nico, Velvet Underground with Nico was their debut with the banana yes. on the cover, which was by Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a pretty sought after record. I mean, like, so what do you guys know about like vinyl right now as far as like your own personal tastes, as far as like, you know, like are, are you consider yourselves audiophiles or like what's your, your opinion on vinyl at this point? 
Um, I have a, a lot. And, um, <laughs> I've always, I don't know, the music I listened to was always being released on vinyl. Like, in, you know, as a teenager, I was buying punk and hardcore and then hip hop and, yeah. and all the, you and know. You used to always buy it on vinyl? I mean, I've, I've had a record player my whole life. I remember, you know, I remember buying 5150 by Van Halen on vinyl. Like, I just, I, I don't ever remember not having a record collection. Yeah. And moving it with me and having a, and now I, I got a little overboard into the gear. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my wife was you know, throwing the hammer down eventually because it was just speakers everywhere. And Oh, really? Just, I loved buying gear and setting it up and switching it around and <laughs> it was just driving the family crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but now I got something I'm pretty happy with. And <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, so but you yeah, I like it. I like the, I like making it sound as good as it can. And mm-hmm. I, uh, it's not always, I don't think they're always the best sounding format. There's a lot of things that sound a lot better on CD to me. And Yeah. But, um, you know depends on what there's so many variables with the pressing you have and uh, right but i enjoy it i like that i like how it makes you sit down and listen and right make time for it the ritual of it yeah and it's just it it makes you pay attention a little more and it's a little more engaging and i think if you get if you spend some time on the room you're listening in and set up some like a decent system it's very rewarding and relaxing but right you know you know, not everybody. Not everyone feels not everybody that same prioritizes way. that. So it's yeah, but it's especially uh, in today's age because ex- you have it's the expensive streaming and time consuming, right. and it's a it's, it's time consuming. It's like so, I don't know. I can understand why it's not terribly important to a lot of people, but it's just one of those things I like. Yeah. But. Well, I think so. It, it sounds like you are kind of truly an audiophile. Like you take a lot of pride and and and. In, in <laughs> your your system and the way it sounds and kind of like experience like giving yourself the best experience you can with your music I, yeah but I, I don't know about audiophile that's more right I mean my ears are slammed from, <laughs> I mean I've been playing in bands for right for 25 decades. years yeah. instead like just started wearing earplugs like three or four years ago so it's I I don't even know if what I'm hearing is even remotely pleasant <laughs> to somebody with good ears but Oh, okay. I think that's the point. It's like whatever, it's, right? I don't care. It's, it's but you still it's want what, it to sound, what I like. Yeah, right. You still want it to sound good to, to you, though. Like whatever yeah. it is, whatever you're getting out of it, exactly. Yeah, but I'm a little nerdy about it. Like I'm on internet forums and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that qualifies as audio. Yeah, it's fun. I, just, I don't think I have like the the money or the equipment to be, you know, what. Yeah, audio file. Yeah, but he goes to like there, um, there like yard sales and stuff looking for. Like, take that. I find, decks I find, I find awesome stuff. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Because you can just like scour and just scavenge for these like cool, rare finds that are like, because, you know, some of the old technology is actually still really good. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so as long as it's not beat to shit or like speakers aren't blown or anything, then yeah, you could potentially yeah. find something really great for very little money. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks really cool too. I yeah. Think, so. Some of that vintage <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It looks very cool, retro looking. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole too. And it also like, if you're, system gets too like advanced it makes like the records you like not sound as good it's like a little too revealing and too oh. you know the stuff i listened to it wasn't made to be reproduced at that level i don't know it's like yeah you look at these guys like with these crazy systems might have like this tiny record collection of like 
Steely Dan and Super Tramp and things that sound really good. You yeah. Know? But right. it's not stuff I want to sit home and listen to. But yeah. And then <laughs> the guy at the at Stereo Discount Center told me, he's like, be careful. He's like, because I first started buying gear from him, he's like, you know, you're going to listen to Steely Dan eventually. I was like, no way. <laughs> and uh, now I have Steely Dan records and yeah. it's just because they make the system sound real good. And I'm like, this is totally lame, but it's fun. Yeah, well, know. you can give this, you can give it a more of an appreciation just for that reason, just kind of like the sonic uh, aspect of it, that you can put yeah. it on and you'd be like, you can hear all this instrumentation that maybe you didn't even hear before, like when you would hear it on the radio, you know, yeah. you're, yeah, on the, totally. you're on the radio in the car or whatever, you're not even paying attention to it for the most part, and you know, you got static coming in from like the signal, then you bring it home and put it on the turntable, put it on your system with your good speakers. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool. And yeah. Like, and I don't really like you now we're trying to like record our own music and mix it ourselves and like I didn't even know what mixing meant until I got yeah. a good stereo set up right. where I could hear things separated and you know see the players and like say like oh that guy's there and that guy's there and you know it's like I didn't even know what the point of mixing was so it's kind of right. like helped me in that regard I guess yeah besides, besides being a total time suck maybe I learned something from it so. yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, unrelated question because you brought that up. Are you re- re- are you rehearsing in your house? Yeah, but just like in your living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta, yeah. So we have a we have a room with like a piano and we haven't. I mean, probably only twice. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. One, and one one time he had a party that we uh, my other band played at his party in oh, his okay. living room. Yeah. That's cool. Well, so oh. I mean. You, I guess you don't have to worry about neighbors too much in that, for as far as that's concerned. They like, live pretty far from their neighbors. Yeah, that's it's good. pretty. It's kind of remote. And, that's great. Um, you don't have to worry about the noise disturbance thing. Yeah, yeah it's not too bad yeah. outside. We yeah, used so. to practice in my basement, and like there was, it was like we're still c- like not super close to our neighbors, but um, but you could definitely hear yeah. us from their house. So as long as you're in the basement too. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't unpleasant. Like, it wasn't super loud. It was just, like, people walking by could hear it, you know, and they kind of, like, <laughs> <Right>. look. <laughs> that always, like, you know, it, it attracts my attention. Like, my ears go up when I, yeah. like, you hear like, someone oh. drumming, and you're like, where's that, yep. where's that coming from? Uh-huh. Well, there's a guy in my neighborhood who <laughs> played the drums, and I never knew who it was. Yeah. And I would always, like, riding my bike around, I would hear this drums coming out of this warehouse. I was like, oh, I wonder who that is. You know, man. wanted yeah. to be in a band with him and all that. <laughs> I right. was like, it's like, I gotta go. I just gotta go knock on his door one day, and I'm gonna say, like, hey, man, you should come down and like rehearse <laughs> yeah. with me. Yeah, right. Never happened. No. Chicken out, you know. Hey, I don't blame you. That'd be do. creepy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's on your door, like, okay, yeah, you heard me drumming. All right. It could have been like a grown up, and I was like eight. No, <laughs> be like, hey, could I be in your band? But so, yeah. um, so yeah, so the band, you guys are rehearsing. You have stuff coming up. You're recording. Yeah. Well, well, we actually were on a long break. I mean, <laughs> since September, I guess it's not that long, but well, it was for us, busy. you know, because yeah. um, uh, they wanted to, you know, be parents for a little bit and not worry about uh, disappearing for practices and shows mm-hmm. and and be there present, more present for their kids. So we yeah, took, we were moving and changed um, schools. It was just me and Damien are both oh, in yeah. other bands, so we kind of yeah. just went with that other thing for yeah. a while yeah so you guys get keep really busy yeah. as far as music is concerned yeah, yeah. so it's what's your project I, I don't know if i'm familiar with it um i'm in a, a band called songbirds which is uh 
it's me. Uh, do you remember a band called Party Pigs by any yeah. chance? Uh, it's the drummer and the... Matt? Yep, Matt and the okay. keyboard player who ended up being in the band later. Yeah, he joined. Uh, Zach, yeah. he was um, he was in a really cool band out of Boston called the Kings of Nothing. He used to travel with an upright piano, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. Kings of Nothing? <laughs> yeah. That sounds very <laughs> and, familiar. Uh, but uh, he's a really, really solid, talented player. Cool. And, uh, and then... Matt was in another band called the Black Clouds with this guy Glenn. Oh right, and Glenn's the also playing guitar in the band. And yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. Chelsea recorded us a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, right. oh, so this is fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've only we played like two shows. We've I been... packed up all my gear in a suitcase and like brought it to their practice space. <laughs> you didn't just throw it in the IKEA bag. I actually <laughs> I did. I had my monitor in there because I didn't even have a laptop. I had an actual like monitor and like yeah. a little Mac Mini and mm. just brought like this whole f- office set up to their yeah. um, practice and recorded them. Oh, that's but cool. It came out really good. Yeah, it's cool. It's Damien mixed it. It sounds like us, so it's cool. It's yeah, yeah. It's loud and. Kind of just like live, like live to, I don't want to say tape, but just kind of like a live recording for the most part. No. No, we, a lot of overdubs. It it was, it was multi-part. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, um, which is kind of, which is against, none of us like would naturally want to do that, but like that was the, it worked, it was fine. Mm-hmm. everybody it was played really well we just like the like, isolation issues and yeah stuff we're in was, a practice space so right. it would yeah. be i think it was like drums guitar one night and then organ was on its own and um, the other guitar, more guitar. Yeah. yeah and then yeah and then vocals were separate Hmm. But, um, Super awkward vocals. <laughs> it's always weird when you do them isolated, right? I know, and not even in like a sound booth. Yeah, or anything. it was just everyone's just like, watching you, like yeah. staying in the room with everyone. Okay, okay listen to this now. And, like it's kind of like loud and screamy, and I don't know, like just standing. <laughs> and we only and, had two pairs of headphones, yeah, like, so only like two people could hear like, what was actually going on, and everyone else just saw someone screaming yeah, yeah, in the middle of the room. Sitting, we were both sitting <laughs> at a mic, just yelling into this. Not it. Not, not my favorite, but you know. Yeah, well, you gotta do what you gotta <laughs> do, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it then. I mean, that's cool that you're. I didn't realize that you were working on something right now. Um, and then Cherry Pit, yeah, is your project. Yeah, you so guys have been at it for a little while now. For like a little over, maybe like a year and a half. I think it was like August of the previous year that we yeah. we got together. Um. We're kind of like recording a song at a time, um, more just to put out on Bandcamp. So I think we have four now, and we have one that I recorded, but Damien's mixing. We're kind of trying out that thing where, mm-hmm. um, like, I'm like, all right, I'll pass. Kind of like I did you a favor. I went and recorded your band. Now do me a favor and like yeah. mix this. We're kind of, and we're hoping to maybe sometime like work out like recording other bands and like getting this sort of a partnership thing going yeah so you you guys are like interested in doing uh producing yeah that's great so uh, i didn't realize how how tight-knit you guys are oh yeah because so i was uh, reading an article uh an older article uh, based on you guys uh, earlier and it said something along lines that you guys it was your idea to start this band but you had the an, an, another idea initially. You were you wanted to start uh, to record kids' music. We want to just make money and not work. And we thought like, <laughs> the best way it was has to not like, worked yeah. out yeah, for us. Has, but so like we thought the best way to make that happen was like children's music. It's like it's so dumb and You're right. You know, but there's <laughs> but a market like, for it. And there's I mean, a market and like you don't have to you know 
can look like me maybe <laughs> and, play, and be, be a children's <laughs> you know, that's to not and uh but we didn't really do that at all no. right but well so the music you started I, making yeah took i think this we got a turn. lot like closer being in the band and we both write the songs and yeah. stuff so it was like we and we started like know. writing together right away yeah. which was i'd never really done before so it was it's cool it was like yeah. uh, it's fun i have somebody to bounce things off and finish things and sometimes that I'd write music and just give it to her and she'd finish it or vice versa or I would like trade off lines and you right. know it's fun just it, it yeah. it's uh sometimes like trying to write songs it's I don't know it's not always fun by yourself by yourself yeah like, it can it's, be it's a lot we'd like yeah. get on or sometimes you have like, like a lyric and you're like I don't know about this and like so I'm like what do you think of this Damien he'll sometimes be like oh I think that's really cool I'm like really yeah. <laughs> or sometimes they'll be like, yeah. Like suggestion, so, maybe change this a little bit, yeah. change the phrasing, change yeah. a couple words. Or there'll be times I'm like, all right, here's what the song's about. And I'll tell them like this like story or whatever. You know, I'm like, all right, here's what the song's about. And so we'll just get together and start like, all right, well, she's uh, now she's like rattling down the hall. Or, like we write down these lyrics just from like kind of telling a story together, you know? Yeah. Um, so well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Well, that's great. I didn't realize really? how 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 much of a like team you guys were being on this whole thing. Like, I didn't know because I know that you guys came from separate bands originally, and have been you know, uh, I don't know, uh, institutions in 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 the local scene for a long, long time. So, I because I, you used to be part of another band, Betty Finn. Yeah. They used to be John Street Porch Band <laughs> decades ago, right? Yeah. And Shannon was in. Betty Shannon Finn. was in right. those. Yeah. yeah, you and your sister have been kind of. Uh, the teammates this whole time as well and yeah. um well, that's how that's how we met damien was we played shows with them oh, yeah. with the haymakers right because yeah you were part of haymakers i mean we all knew each other yeah yep. for decades yeah, just kind of by, like playing out yeah, yeah just from just playing out and playing shows and you're just like oh you know this person's in this band this person in this uh -huh. band yeah and uh but you guys have managed to kind of kind of keep that uh together and like kind of maintain part of the scene because i'm not in it anymore I have uh, taken much of a back seat, so. Yeah, well, and then, uh, you know, when Shannon heard us playing, she was like, can I be in the band? <laughs> and we're like, we're like, I don't know. We don't need a keyboard player. She's like, oh, I'll play bass. Yeah. And we're like, all right. And she, uh, yeah. she plays the bass. <laughs> it's cool. Right. <laughs> so like she just made a decision to play. to play the bass. She no, she wasn't originally the bass player? She was a keyboard player. Oh, okay. But one time we had a project. Do you know Wednesday, um, the jazz singer, Miss Wednesday? Oh, she's um, really good. Oh, she's from, really good. Uh, did she used to run the Hudson Street? No, no. I'm thinking of somebody oh, else. Oh, she. A lot of times she was like she'd be at those block parties and she was like the MC. Yeah, I'm not sure um, if I remember anyway, exactly. Anyway, she had a side project and she asked us to back her and I played guitar and she and played bass and that was before, um, tall teenagers. But that was just like a kind of a one-off, um, oh. like sh a one-off show. Yeah. So sh that was the only time i known her to play bass before that huh. well she obviously has the talent yeah. I mean, yeah. especially if you're she a keys player i mean yeah. like got, yeah. picking up any other instruments not really that hard yeah just yeah. a matter of like getting I your fingers could, used to it she could play anything she wanted to if she wanted she to just really put her yeah. mind to it yeah right. she's got the, the her their dad plays their mom plays there's a lot of a lot of music in the family and hmm. that's great yeah their, their mom is really good yeah. yeah, and uh, so now you're actually opening up the show that you guys are doing soon. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm playing all night. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> less people to pay, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> usually, we've done this a few times before, and usually I'm like, all right, as long as I can play like right, you know, after myself, so I'm not like spending the whole night, you know, trying not to get drunk is usually what the right. thing is. I'm like, all right, I can't really drink until after I play, but um. So, but Beta Motel is playing and they needed to go on um, early because they're doing a, um, uh, what is it called? Cassette? DJ night? No, it's a DJ <laughs> night. It's, I forget what it's called anyway. Um, Something specific to cassettes? It's like, is I don't it called think it's cassettes? cassettes no. Or no, that was a different one. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, they're doing a DJ night at dusk. Um, oh, okay. Anyhow, but so they had to go kind of early if, if they were going to play. So we kind of like, um, you know, I'm playing before and after. Hmm. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, so so uh, Beta Motel is going to be the sandwich between your two performances. My two bands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. It sounds great. I mean, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to make it. I mean, I've sure. never been to. Cherokee. It's really good. Yeah, it's a cool spot too. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I have been I've ducked out for a long time. So well, did you go to like Century Lounge back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, That's it's that old room. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. same spot. Yeah. Oh, okay, the looks, same. looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not even a different sound system, really. It's a different sound system. Oh. It's a pretty good one, though, right? Yeah, it sounds good in there. Yeah. All right. I think it's, yeah, it's not the same they have. Well, just the lineup itself, I mean, I think it's a pretty good bill. Yeah, they've been getting a lot of good, a lot of good shows there, too. Um, yeah. Well, someone's got to pick up the slack around here. I mean, <laughs> there's not very many venues, really. There's not. Yeah. And there's... the good nights are usually taken, like, months in advance. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's like, really hard to... To book a something book like a weekend. weekend, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I think I just booked a weekend in May, like three weeks ago. Like that was the first weekend night available. Was like sometime in May. Didn't Jeez. we book our show? We have a show coming up in February, Tall Teenagers at Dusk, and I think we booked that like in September. August, yeah, September. August September. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's well, like yeah. that far out. If you want to play like on the weekend, right? We all you know, it's, weeknights are tough for us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Because you got to go see other shows. Cool, man. Well, I'm I'm just happy to I'm happy to hear about the show and how how you guys are just kind of grinding away at this stuff and and it's just really cool to because I didn't realize you guys a good way to put it. Oh yeah. No, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's because no. it, I can I can imagine how much time I put into doing this stuff and how much time you guys and I know what it's like to be in a band. So you're in like two bands each. And the kids, and the family, and the jobs, and the house, and all that stuff. And yeah. it's like, how how does that even work for you guys? I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> it's sleep just, I don't sleep much. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I slept <laughs> like four hours just, last <laughs> night. <laughs> but it, you really have to prioritize. I mean, you just have to prioritize it, and not let right. it slip out of your yeah. schedule because it's, it's hard. It's hard to work back in. Right. It's, like, it's that's sometimes I, I really never... hard to just play like on my own. Um, yeah. So if it weren't for the band, you, you might not pick up an instrument. I, I didn't really. I felt like when I didn't have the band, like I would pick up my guitar and stuff, but I it was like I didn't really know what to play. You know what I mean? Like I'd pick it up and I'm like, eh. But playing with the band, like I'm kind of writing songs and um, I'm constantly like, or, or I'll practice our other songs or play stuff. But like when I didn't have a band, I kind of was just like, it just felt like stale for me, like playing yeah. on my own, you know? Huh. I can see that. I mean, I kind of have gone through that myself. Like, that's the worst part about trying to write music by yourself is that you're like, there's no direction. It's just yeah. like, 
well, I can noodle around and just kind of play some notes and chords and stuff for a while and then just get tired of it and I'll put it down and just feel like I've did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times I do that even now with writing songs where I'm like, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write a song today. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting aside this time and I'll sit there and I'll record on my phone, like just ideas and stuff. And yeah. then I won't come out with a song. But later on, if I just like hanging around cooking dinner or something and like the song will just like come to me and I'm like I'll run into the, like the room and I'll like put it all together I feel like if I sit down and try to write a song like it's usually not gonna happen yeah so you kind of kind of take it when the lightning strikes exactly yeah. yeah wow that's great that's really uh admirable I mean especially if you you know kind of dedicate yourself to that and take the time to be like no 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 it's coming now it's it's like it's yeah. almost like you're giving birth it's just like no 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 everything has to stop we have to do this yeah so when you go and you do that. Well, it, it was like when we started Tell Teenagers or even like when we were doing our second album, I felt like like the pressure of like, like Damien be like, I wrote a new song. I'm like, crap, I didn't write a new song. You know, I'm like, it was like, I felt like I needed to like keep up with it. And then with Cherry Pit, like we didn't have any songs. So I just like had to write um like I wrote I think we have nine songs now and I wrote like six of them but I was like all right I just gotta write songs because what are we gonna play you know right um simple as that what are we gonna play <laughs> if you want to play as 220 you need songs exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh that's right because they don't even let you that's play where covers. you really show your you know what you got <laughs> I got called out by their sound guy sound checking playing the bass line to my girl it was, the place was empty, and I started going, doo 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 and the guy was like, hey, 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 no covers. I was like, wow. Oh, that oh, happened man. to me the last time I started playing, like, the Batman theme song when Amelia was tuning. But nobody yelled at me, but Amelia's like, no covers. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I didn't even realize. I didn't even think about it. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a real deal. Mm. So I'm just going to do my thing where I'm actually just uh, recording the record, kind of just showing it off. I know this thing looks beat. So how how what's how do you know that that's this is the first pressing? So first pressing third variant. Okay. So you obviously know a thing or two about variants of records. Um, I'll show you what I mean. So from what I, from the research that I've done, um, this is uh, an original from oh, fuck what year was it? Sixty five was it? Sixty. This was sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah. Okay, um, so this third variant, you can tell it's the third variant because they changed from ASCAP to BMI. Huh. Which I was going to ask Speaking you about. Speaking of AS220, isn't that why you can't play covers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. It's, I mean, it's just like publishing uh, rights stuff, but um, for some reason, yeah, this is the ASCAP label. Huh. Like, you can see that they, they credit the writing the songwriting to ASCAP, Yeah. where I guess on the first two variants, it was a... Uh, Credited to BMI, oh, okay. which I don't know anything about the publishing companies, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, all that stuff. I mean, I've never had to work with them, really. Yeah. Actually, I think I did sign up with BMI a long, 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 long time ago, but I've never done anything with it. I've never followed up on it, never like received a royalty yeah, check. I don't know, yeah, I didn't know how any of that stuff works. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> oh, so they're the ones that collect your royalties. So you're either well, signed they, yeah, up with they, BMI or ASCAP. They, yeah, I guess they kind of keep track of your your. Um, yeah, they your find out who's play, playing your stuff, who's like in restaurants it. and right. Yeah, um, so I guess that they were signed up with. Yeah, or BMI the streaming services then, now. You know, obviously they keep track of like how many listens you get per service per 
platform, you know, no, Spotify, Pandora, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are. They're supposed to be because they're supposed to be paying you for it. Yeah, I got <laughs> we, got, like, we got like three dollars. cents a month. Here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's something like what? Um, I think Point I heard. Oh, oh. No, the so what? It's for every million plays you get, you might make like five thousand dollars or something like that. But it's just like think about that. Like, okay, wait. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I had five I had million. I mean, like one million <laughs> plays. Like one million people play this once. Yeah, yeah. And you and I get and I make five thousand dollars off that. It's like you're at a different level if you're getting exposed to like a hundred, like a million listens of anything. Oh, I know. So we're we're under. I'm well under 100 at this point, so you know it's not not that big of a deal. They won't even tell us how low it is. It just says under a thousand. <laughs> I think I did look and find out, but yeah, it's under a thousand. <laughs> you know, people. You like, gotta, you gotta, I mean, <laughs> our listeners are listening to our CD. They're not going right. on Spotify. <laughs> The 60 CDs we sold are in constant rotation. Yeah. I'm positive. <laughs> well, so you guys released two records, two full-length records. Yeah. So far, and you're working on a third? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we did the first one. We wanted to do it, like, right away. So I think we played our first show in the end of November, and we recorded in January. Released it in April. Released it in April. And then mm-hmm. we wanted to do another one within a year, <laughs> which maybe wasn't the best idea. Cause it, well, we're talking about it tonight. Me and Shannon, it was it's like a little, it was a little rushed. Yeah, lineup. Like, I think it was still like really good. I think we just didn't put a lot of time into like promoting it. Like where the first one, we kind of got a lot of like um, people, you know, blockers or whatever, like people talking about it. And the second one kind of was a little bit more under the radar. Yeah. Well, I, 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 like I can it. I can understand that that mentality though because I I always felt like especially after having done this for years being being in bands for for all these decades you're very well experienced and you know what kind of to expect when you're making a record and when you're going to put it out right and even as as a, far as a new band is concerned actually I thought that you guys did a really smart thing because you guys kind of rolled out hard like when you guys did the Tall Teenagers it was just like. The leaking of the artwork, you know, the leaking of the name, you know, uh, basically announcing a record coming out before you even did a show, right? Wasn't it something like that? I, I Is don't. It? I, I feel like remember. that's what I, how I, felt, I remember. I felt, it was it. definitely the artwork was we, before anything. Yeah, we yeah. had a, a an advantage in the in house artist. <laughs> in yeah, the, right. my husband does all our art. And, uh, oh yeah, that, yeah, that. Does and he help. came up something <laughs> something right away that we really liked in it. Um, I think we just stole stuff he already had. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We're yeah. like, how about that in <laughs> this one? Yeah. yeah, he didn't even have to like do. I mean, he he did, but. But we we all we definitely wanted to have something out right away though, and, right? Um, and because then you have something to kind of like give to your audience right because you're going to roll out you're going to play your first show first shows and people are going to be excited you know you already have people that you know that are going to know who you are and going to going to want to check out what you're doing now and then that way you have a cd you have a full-length record that that's ready for them to purchase right yeah yeah i think that was was kind of the idea that that would be that was my idea actually like (laughs) when i wanted to like if i was going to do a new band at this point I know that that's what I would do. Like, yeah, make sure I, think I have having, the recording having done. Having one thing done is good. Um, and with 
tell teenagers we kind of just financed it. Like we just were like, all right, we're just going to split it up and I'll like chip in for this. And we did that for a couple of records. Um, Do you want to look? And we did it at Machines. Machines was really great at like the first record was nine songs and we did all the instrumentation for the nine songs on the first day. Second day we did all the vocals and then third day it was mixed. So we did the whole thing in three days. Um, which they were just really, um, good at moving you along and getting you through, um, from song to song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just like the name. Like machines. Yeah. 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 With magnets. Yeah. 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 Well, well, they're, they're a great record. Um, they're a great, uh, recording studio, aren't they? Yeah. I I haven't recorded with them. They got real deal stuff and the engineer is super pro. Yeah. It's, he's, we had Seth work. We had Seth do it. So Keith. I think Keith tuned the drums on the first one. And did he master yeah. it? <laughs> he might have mastered it, and then. But Seth was the engineer for both of them, and uh, he's just, you know, when we were like, he was so fast with like the little fixes and the edits and stuff. If there was like one little thing, he's like, oh yeah, I already took care of it. <laughs> it was yeah, like, it was, we're it like, was like, oh, just, I had a clam on that part. He's like, he's yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's done, that's, that's done. fixed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was wow. just, and uh, yeah, he's like very, very focused and. Pretty crazy work ethic. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. It was yeah. Those guys are great. I mean, and, and they've been just putting out so many good records, mm-hmm. like from so many different bands that are just, they've just been able to attract that attention already from, from like bands just know that that's the studio to go to if you're going to go to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So that's great that you got to record it for both records now, right? Mm-hmm. But now... Yep. I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's 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 uh, financial reasonings that the you fi- want to record <laughs> financing we yourselves, just, right? Yeah, we're we're gonna try it ourselves. Well, um, we are we're kind of really interested in that, and like the the things I like spending my money on is like recording like gear and like just yeah. like um, like I I just want to see what we can do on our own, and plus we want to kind of get. Um, you know, a little more crafty with it and not record in three days, like, and yeah, kind of put some more time into things right. like sonically and figure out what we can do with, um, like actually producing the songs, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. It was like when we, we played, I was using my, the exact same rig I play live with, with like, I was switching pedals and doing, you know, just no, we didn't stop and fiddle with knobs between songs to get the perfect. So it was like, that's the way it sounded. And right. And that's maybe not the way records are made. Well, so for, well with you being a so studio and you're paying, you're paying for every minute just that you're to, there. To crank yeah. it, so yeah. it's just like, and and especially with those guys being as diligent as they are, yeah, and being those, as professional as they are, they're they're kind of doing that to help you because they're like, you don't want to go a day over here. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, you, like you're paying. Well, that's so how much we money. are. Yeah, we're like, all right, we got to get this done in these two days, and we don't right. want to go over like that because that's you know yeah, another needed, whole like, day. We needed a babysitter and. You know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sure it was a massive expense. You yeah. might as well like be shacked up in a hotel for a few days. You exactly. know, what I mean, like yeah. it's it's it can be it can pile up quickly. So yeah, recording on your own, I mean, just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And we're also what... kind of time crunched now. Like especially we have our other two bands, but just everyone has family things, and you know our drummer is going. He's back in school and he's working, and um, so it's just there's a is lot of Sean. Sean, yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel um, like he's the the missing link, like like he's the the uncredited person. Like he's checking out your medias, like your websites and all that stuff. None of your names are listed anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be an oversight, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really good at the. 
that social media stuff. We just got no, an Instagram actually yeah, we recently. <laughs> we have like mystique, one post. You know? but for sure. But, uh, but I just think it's funny because I, I he just got to buy like, the CD. Our names are in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how everyone has to find out who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they come to the shows and they talk to you. They're like, yeah. hey, who, who the hell are you? What's yeah. your name? <laughs> I tried to find out your name. Like, <laughs> I can't find it anywhere, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Hey, that's another, that's another like uh, sneaky uh, marketing scheme thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been working really well. It's not well. working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really no, I, I think it's been great. I mean, like like I said, from, from the outsider looking in, because that's, that's what you really want to focus on, right? As being in a band, you want to know that anything that you're doing, anything that you're putting out um, for anyone to see, whether it's, you know, the social media stuff, it's uh, any kind of advertising, um, that what their impression is of you. Because, like, I thought that, like, that was what I was getting at. Like, if I were to start a band, it's just like, I want people to think that I'm a professional band. I don't want, like I told this kid that I was trying to play with before, I was like, I don't want to play shows. I don't want to play local shows. Like I want the record done and I want to have the artwork done and I want to be able to like have it all out for the first show. I was just like, I don't want to fuck around with this it's like, you know, yeah, Wednesday night, you know, at 10 yeah, o'clock. No you kind of trick people into thinking that you've already <laughs> done done all that. Well, well you know, because like, you have. Yeah, you, you because you've all these d- years yeah, of experience, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. it's I'm not like, trick. I don't mean like trick. It's just like, you know. We saying, also oh, had a lot. Well, we're a real band already. Right. Yeah. You know, here we got it's stuff. We have T-shirts. We're exactly. a real band. Yeah, we had a lot of friends that kind of like were, you know, giving us opportunities and stuff like in the at least a lot in the beginning. Damien had a lot of friends. I didn't really know anyone. <laughs> no? Uh, from all your years, too? I mean... I feel like the people that I used to see in Providence, like, aren't really um, around as much anymore. I don't know yeah. if I know very many people from back, like, then. Hmm. Well, we are getting older. Yeah. And with the kids I, and all I, that I stuff, you know. I stuck it out Yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> well, good, good for you. Because, I mean, you know, because you're still doing the whole thing, the whole family thing, but you're still sticking it out. You know? Like... I'm trying to stick it out. It's I'm hard. trying to, it's but hard. it's just, yeah, it is hard. And, just, you know, I mean, I work all day and then I'm tired and I just don't want to go out. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, that's the worst part is just like, oh, can I, can I just stay home? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it but sounds great. I know that's going to be a lot of fun. It's easier when you're in a band because you, you really have to, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I enjoy it, but in the beginning we were like, like look at the look at the shows coming up and be like all right somebody's got to go here somebody's got to go here it's just you want to be out right show you want to support bands you like you want to let them know that it's okay to support you as well you know it's right. like it's just good to be out well and, yeah it's a, it's a mutual and, give and take you know the whole being part of the scene yeah it's it's plus uh it's actually a little bit of an incentive to be in a band and be in a good band and be able to play with the people that you're influenced by or that you like Mm. because i mean you guys uh would you say that doing that show opening up for john doe was probably like your most like famous show like as like famous person you got to open up for i think that was the only oh no we opened for um tommy stinson too so were those the only like um famous yeah, People? well, we did one of the BRU summer concert series. Yeah, oh, that okay. was probably that our was, biggest show. That was like the biggest crowd-wise. But John yeah. Doe was, John Doe was the probably coolest, the coolest. For sure. And like, he, yeah. he was awesome. He was like, way he cool. Like, he hung out with us and talked to us. Like, he was a cool dude. Yeah, That's awesome. Like, yeah. He, he, like for a, a, a pretty odd amount of time. Yeah. He was hanging out bullshitting with us. I expected really, like really him cool. probably not cool. even to say hi. You know, like, yeah. that's just what you expect. That's what you're used to. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah. 
it was it was cool. It was really cool. That's he great. Was, yeah, because I, I mean, I can imagine, you know, I mean, any kind of famous person, it might be hard to break through to them and, you know, have them feel like they owe you anything. Yeah, and they're also sick of talk. I mean, yeah, yeah. everybody wants to talk to them and. And right. plus, how many opening bands do you how think they've seen? How many? Yeah, it's you like, know. <laughs> right. And he watched us, and oh, he was cool. like, who, "I think he was talking to maybe Clarkin, like, like oh, like he was like enjoying it, you know." Yeah. Um, so that was cool. <laughs> but like, yeah, the I imagine like ever, I don't know. I imagine it, it gets tiring. Yeah. To have you know, to have to it's a, it's a very I think I was listening to like. You know, John Doe's not Paul McCartney, but I was listening to Paul McCartney say, he's like, I always try to remember that when I'm meeting somebody, it doesn't mean anything to me, but it's like the most important thing in their life. You know, it's just like I try to right. not, you know, just remember that. It's pretty much how I act, like, all the time. <laughs> but, like, I think, like, you know, that's, uh, it was, that was, John Doe had that kind of, <laughs> he's like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe, really? maybe these people really like me, you know, I should be cool to them. Maybe this is really important to them. And like, it's a cool thing to think about. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, anyone opening up for, for, for him, like, from his perspective, anyone opening up for him, for, or for me, I'll say, and, and, you know, people that are there at the show, you know, they're there to see you. I mean, yeah. you know, you're a legend. Yeah. You know, it's just like I've been doing this for decades and like have this like iconic like cult following like, yeah, no shit. Like people like like who I who I am and what I do. Yeah. Um, then, and that's that's a kind of cool like uh, to be humble about it is probably the most important thing because, you know, you could be he could be kind of a dick about it and just not be very approachable. And he can still know. Yeah, these people still fucking worship me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but that's cool. Yeah, he I mean, could have uh, like hit out. I mean, there were like other rooms that he could have just like, you know, been like, no, I got to chill on my yeah. own or whatever, and he didn't. So. Well, that room is cool for that too, right? Because mm-hmm. I was at Pop. I was at Pop. Yeah. I only went there for the first time like a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's so it's cool. Cool, cool spot. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Very nice room. Yeah, I went like, to see David Johansson there. It was really, and Richard Lloyd too. Was, yeah. Yeah, he's had some really cool people over there. Yeah. It's like he, he it, that like, I don't know I don't know who runs it, but I don't know how they're going about getting these acts. But they're it's, like um, getting top notch. Darren, Darren Hill. They're all he knows all these people. He's like <laughs> he, he personally managed, knows them all. Yeah. Oh yeah, he man, he managed like the New York Dolls and oh, uh, Westerberg, okay. and he does the replacement stuff. And yeah, he's like he managed the Boss Tones. He's like a yeah. He's oh, he's been a long time like vet of like management. Think, and, so he like had this like collection of like furniture and you know all the stuff that he sells and right. so he just wanted to open this place where he could sell it but i think it's more just to like display it i mean yeah. i'm sure he wants to sell it but it's yeah, like yeah. just a place where he like has collected all the stuff and he displays it and then he has this gallery and so he just has these like shows and i they're like playing them for a favor you know like i mean they're getting paid but it's not i mean tickets are usually like 15 dollars yeah, yeah it's cool shows. it's like yeah. it's stuff that you shouldn't be able to see in a place it's cool it's right like, and especially because it's, it's like special stuff you know it's maybe like, it's maybe a what like a 200 person capacity maybe if that yeah if that and, yeah yeah and it's so yeah it's a cool cool place mm. yeah i'm gonna definitely try to get out there more often if i see them if i see something else coming through there so um well let's get to this record just because uh you know we've been shitting shooting the shit for a while now <laughs> and i and i really want to listen to this um Yeah, fuck it, let's just start it. And I'll refresh your drinks while I'm at it, too. Oh, uh, and please be gentle with the table, because uh, this will spit very easily. 
My, my, my uh, turntable is very sensitive. Candy says I've come to hate my body and all that it Chelsea, when's the first time you heard this, or do you remember? In this world now. This record in particular, you don't have a, like a memory of? memory loss <laughs> I, well, I I definitely remember around the time I really started appreciating this song in particular like I it just the words to this are just kills the, me oh. every time <laughs> and I, I remember the approximate time frame so I remember who I was hanging out with that I worked with that I was listening to a lot of this and uh, he, he was into it as well but uh, yeah just lyrically it's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah i mean blue reed is known for that but i think at the time so my first experience was uh i bought this on cd and it was at the time of my life i was like a, i was 18 i was living on my own on the east side of providence in a basement apartment and uh, every week i would work and i would get my paycheck and i would go to tom's tracks or in here and buy a new cd and so this is one of the first cds i bought in the dark it was a nice apartment actually it's a nice place to live i kind of wish i had done something like that well, like it was actually a really nice basement apartment like even though it was like wood paneled it was just a little one bedroom place like it, it had a surprisingly good amount of natural light yeah it had this like one big window that had like you know mostly like a half exposed foundation was it like a walkout basement um, apartment or no just like no, straight it wasn't. basement it was it was probably very legal, but uh, it had like it, it had like a oversized window, like oh, an escapeway. So an egress. I think that's how they got yeah. it. Yeah, that's how they probably got away with it. But uh, and it was funny because I remember years afterwards, I ran, ran into Eric Paul from Aerobot Radar, and I started working with him, and we were just like shooting the shit one day, and he's just like talking to me about how he used to live on the east side of Providence. I was like, oh really? He was like, what, what street did you live on? It's like Pittman. I was like, oh, I used to live on Pittman. He's just like, yeah, I used to live in this like one bedroom basement apartment. I was like, <laughs> where? He's just like, oh, like three houses down from the East Side Marketplace. I was like, wait, was that? I forget the number now, but it was just like, he's like, yeah, that was the apartment I used to live in. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he was like, I was like, I'll show you. He's like, takes his ID out and he's just like, see, that's my, that was the apartment I was living <laughs> in. Holy crap. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, this is, that Salvation Army used to be the best. It was. was a good one. I'm so sad that place closed, man. But it didn't it did, did it close? Yeah, it's gone. What? Which one? The Pittman big one, one? where the, big near one the bridge. Oh. It did. When? Oh, I feel like it was years ago. I think. No. Wow. no. I used to get a lot of stuff there. Pretty sure it was I got like a years turntable ago. there like two years ago. That was probably the last they time. They had a huge there. furniture <laughs> section in that one, right? Yeah, that was a good place. Yeah. And I was like right there, right next to it. That's probably how I furnished that apartment. <laughs> Last time I was there, I found a ton, not a ton, like 12 sealed, nice, high bias, blank cassettes. It was awesome. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Total score. 
Are you still into cassettes? Do you still? I make cassettes still. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> awesome. I found one recently. Actually, I sold it. Yeah. yeah. I like. Uh, I sell everything. I, I like. Uh, I, I sold a cassette for one hundred seventy dollars. Rec- not recently, like two years ago. The Raekwon. The purple tape. It's like one of the guys from Wu Tang. Yeah. For some reason, this tape just like exploded in value. I sold it on eBay. $170. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't. I'll look for that. Yeah. I just sold. So that's what I do. Like, I've been selling records and stuff, which is why I kind of like had the idea to make this show. Because when you're buying a record online, you don't know what you get, right? Mm -hmm. Do you buy records online every now and then? Not used. Used ones, not usually something special that I'll never find. Like, yeah, like kink singles and EPs and stuff like that, or stuff on picture sleeve kind of stuff. Stuff that you don't, you know, you'd have to wait around forever to see. I'll I'll buy that, but I don't like regular used stuff that I. Not right. A little bit because it's feeding back. yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, like, obviously, the more rare, the more incentive you have to look for it online because, you know, you can't necessarily go to a record store yeah. locally and try to find something like that. But I also like kind of being, letting the, the store decide what I buy that day. Like, you know, if I could go and find everything I wanted, right. then I wouldn't find something that I didn't know I wanted. Right, so you kind of limit yourself to what they have. Well, yeah, like and I'm gonna buy two, two or three things today, and yeah, you know, that's maybe cool. Not what I was looking for, but you know. right. Well, that's kind of like what I was doing back then. Like when I first when I first found this record, it was just like I'm gonna go to the record store and I'm gonna buy like one, maybe two CDs. That's because I didn't have a turntable at the time, so I just used to buy CDs and. Um, and yeah, I would, I would just experiment. I would just like kind of take a little bit of knowledge of what I knew. Like, oh, okay, I know, I've heard about the Velvet Underground. I, I don't know which record is good, so I'm just gonna buy one, and it was this one. And then, you know, I was. Was this your surprised. favorite one? I don't know. I don't either. I, I, <laughs> I got, we were talking about it last night. Mikey and Chuck, and I was like, I don't know what my favorite one is. I'm like, so again, I like heard them all at once. Yeah. In like five discs in a row, and, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're so, all really different. They're, they're all very different. All yeah, very so different. Yeah. They are. I'd say the first two were pretty, or more similar than the others. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I think so. But, this was, okay, so actually, so the research I did on this, this record is the one where Sterling Morris enjoyed. Uh, Doug Ewell. Doug Ewell. Yeah, so yeah. John Cale left before this one. Oh, okay. So Doug Ewell was the new member in, in this lineup yes. for this record. So. Yeah, Sterling Morrison was an original member, I thought. What's that? I thought Sterling Morrison was an original member. Yeah, the guitar player. Yeah. Right. No, you're, you're right about that. I got, I got confused, but. Um, so. I guess historically speaking, they wanted to focus on like kind of like the song crafting for this recording, and um, even focus a little bit more on like Lou Reed's lyrics. Like I guess um, so. Another thing about one of the first pressings, which is a very, very valuable record, um, was the they call it the closet mix, and I guess uh, Lou Reed's vocals are bumped up 
like a lot, so you can kind of hear them a lot better. I mean, they're already pretty predominant, I feel like, in this record, but... Um, I think, didn't they release two mixes at the same time? Like, yeah. did he do a mix and like the record company did a mix or something? I, I, don't know, really. I know, feel like his was the closet mix. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one was like a more, I don't know, I, I felt like I heard they were at the same time. Yeah, that's um, really possible. I'm not really too sure. Um, and I think they said it was the closet mix because it sounded like you were in a closet. <laughs> like him, listening to it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which well, it's very it's, he sings quietly on his. He does. Like, well, he's yeah. got a very conversational singing style. Which yeah. It's yeah. weird. You know, he was like a staff writer at a record label. Uh, like, you know, he was like a Brill Building oh, staff yeah. writer. He used to like write jingles, right? Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, but less. Like one of his first uh, paying music jobs was yeah, writing jingles. He, yeah. Yeah, he was like a, a writer for some label, like Pickwick, I think. But, uh, Something like that. Yeah. Just imagine, <laughs> like, what other people were turning in and what Lou Reed was turning in. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, did you hear any of them? No. Oh, I would love to yeah. hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't but you, you can tell he knows how to write a, a pop song. Though. Like, he yeah. knows the. Right. As, as strange as this stuff can get, it's, it's very. It's always listenable and catchy. You know. It's yeah. Like, I mean, plus, I'm sure for that stuff, like, he kind of resorted to his kind of like typical like the the rock cachet in this back in the back of the mind you know like the more straight up like kind of like rock and roll stuff at the time um which yeah i don't know i mean i don't know where he kind of went with this like i don't know like obviously you know you know writing jingles that's one thing it doesn't even have to be very long but then to progress into something like this I, I don't know I don't know where his influences were I don't know like where he was coming from like as far as the writing process is concerned you know no he's pretty one of a kind I feel like, like this I, I was like a separation from like Warhol and like the factory yeah um, that's what I I think I heard about this album like it was this where he was kind of like going off and doing his own thing um Lou Reed personally? No, 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 like the Velvet Underground, but not as part of like the factory, like kind of like getting a little bit away from that. Right, separating themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's where the, I think that's where the uh, the co- album cover was taken. Oh, yeah? I think oh, that, yeah. that photo is them at the factory. Yeah. But I think he was personally like fighting with Warhol. Yeah. At that time. I wonder. I mean, they had a very loving relationship. And um, I, from what I know, from what I have read, like, interviews with Lou Reed and stuff like that, he, he definitely loved Andy Warhol. And um, he found Andy Warhol to be a very big inspiration to him because he was so just determined. Like, he just had this drive to work, like, every day. And uh, I think I remember hearing Lou Reed say something along the lines of, like, you know, I would talk to Andy and, like, say, you know, he would ask me how many songs I wrote today, and I said, like, I wrote six. He's like, well, you should have wrote 20. <laughs> so go back and work work more. Go work, like, f- finish 20 songs. Like, in a day. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, can you imagine how hard that is? I mean... I mean, if you're not working. If you're not working. <laughs> if you're not working, you don't have and kids. And, like, yeah, you're raising kids and around stuff. Some yeah. place called the factory. Whatever. You know, I, I guess sure. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write 30. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll write you 30 songs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, like, I'm cool just to stay here. That's what I right. 
Well, that had something to do with it because, I mean, he so Andy Warhol produced the first record, mm-hmm. so he obviously believed in him to a degree. Yeah, it was really, do you really think he was really money. producing it? I mean, he was just paying well, he was for paying it. For, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean by producing it. Yeah. He was just financing the whole producing thing. Producing in, like, the film sense That's of the yeah, word. Hollywood sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Who of the produced quality? this? It sounds great. For yeah, for I love this. Forty. How old is it? Excellence from sixty-nine. years old. Wow. No, fifty-nine. Two thousand nineteen. I don't do math at all. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Oh, it's two thousand nineteen so now. I forgot. Yeah. Happy New Year. But mostly you just um, I don't know if there's any production credits for this. I, no, there's not on the I don't back. think there's anyone. Baby, you just make me Director mad. of Engineering was Val Valentine. <laughs> oh, I yeah. wonder if that's a real name. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it up. I don't get any uh, internet out here. My Wi-Fi doesn't doesn't reach. Oh no. No. Need a Wi-Fi extender. I know. I was looking for one. Yeah, but, just uh, plug in the one. Well, I think I try. I try <laughs> to find one. Face. I, I like a one. robot. <laughs> I think. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask my wife if she'd like to change our internet provider. Because if we do that, because we have uh, fucking uh, Verizon FiOS right now, and really haven't been happy with it. Really haven't been at all. And we've had them since we lived in Providence. I think we had FiOS, but we had to. So we got like the super fast speeds, but we had to get a lot of like satellite. Yeah. Like so, if you get the Google, this is like so lame to talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're cutting edge, man. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we're on this. If you get like the Google, home, like the Google Wi-Fi thing, it comes like with these satellites, and you can okay. put them so you can reach farther. Right. So right. it's not necessarily like your provider; it's more like how mm-hmm. far your signal can reach. Right. Um, yeah, right. but so the thing is, is that my Wi-Fi is like at the front of my house. Which is like all the way over there. Yeah. So that's why it's not reaching out here. So I was just figuring, like, okay, well, what if we like you just have them come in and have Cox come in and and give us some new service, and while they're at it, because they're gonna have to rewire us, just have them put it in like you know on the back side of the house, and that way it'll be more central to the shed here, and uh, and the rest of the house, because the kids are on all the devices too. So like, yeah, we need it to kind of be more central amongst the house because they have their. We were getting their tons of data overages because our Wi-Fi wasn't working in our bedroom. Like all the music I was listening to and lying in bed or whatever was charging, costing me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took a while to figure it out, but my Wi-Fi right. would shut off when I was in my bedroom. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. Like, you know, I'm supposed to get like free coverage in my house. You know, if you're on Wi-Fi, I'm supposed to have Wi-Fi in my house, and it's just like it just get just drops on my phone all the time. Like, what the fuck am I paying for? Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of why I want to like change it up and try a new provider, see if it'll be better. You guys have Cox, right? <laughs> we do. Yeah. So it said produced by the Velvet Underground. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, they kind of took over at this point. I wonder what it was like for White Light, White Heat, because that was the second record. I don't know. Well, I mean, I was reading that book, and I'm not very far in it. The Please Kill Me oh, one. Yeah. Um, oh. But there, I know there was like, there was a sort of fallen out or like a little bit of a rift, you know, between uh, Lou Reed and Andy Warhol. And then right after that is when they said that, what's his name? John Cale. John Cale. John mm-hmm. Cale left the band. Oh. Um, so, which, if 
the other um, David Yule, like Doug Yule, Doug Yule, Doug Yule started in before this album, then that the timeline kind of makes sense, hmm. you know? Yeah. So they were just like kind of going through a lot of turmoil. Yeah. So maybe that's like the shift in, you know, the sound and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I really don't know a lot about this history. I, I did try to research it, and I just didn't really find a lot of like, you know, good information. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially because like, I think my mind is is really concise to like this type of stuff, like where I want to like know about like, well, what studio they recorded, like when did they record, like, you know, when, where, with who. Yeah. Um, it's interesting like to know like what's going like what's going on in their lives right now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, there yeah. was a change in members, and you know, yeah. like, because yeah. that can definitely affect what your music yeah. sounds right. like. That can have a huge effect. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just because the other lives. guy was um, strings. What did he play? He played the viola. Yeah. Yeah. He's a multi instrument. and yeah, viola. Yeah, uh, also, I don't know if it was in Please Kill Me or a different it was good or an Iggy Pop book, but I had read that when um, when John Cale was producing the first Stooges record, that they were like sharing some house or something and uh, they had a pool. And he said when they all went swimming, and he said that John Cale had like black underwear, like fancy black underwear, and the, the stu- they said it was like the most impressive thing they'd ever seen in their life. They're like, they're like, oh my god, who is this guy? He's cool with that. He's like a superhero. It's like I want this guy to produce my record. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to live. Yeah, look at that. You know? He's wearing black briefs. It's like it's just a life of luxury and comfort. Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows how to live. Yeah. Look at exactly. this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, coming from those guys, I mean, I can imagine, like, what kind of, like, destitute lives they were living. Did you ever read that book, no? Please Kill Me? Oh, no. That's the greatest. No, you guys have, do you guys have time to read, too? Get out of here. That's the only book I read. I'm trying <laughs> to read it. I only it, read books about I don't about have a music. lot of times to read. Well, what's funny is a lot of times I do make time for reading books because I feel like it really helps with writing lyrics, you know, yeah. like, just being... Um, getting ideas and just like hearing the way people put words together and stuff but I don't have a lot of time to read um, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks but this particular book is not available on audiobooks so I'm like trying to make time to read it yeah Yeah, it's tough though (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I I always tell myself I want to try to read more but I just yeah I very very briefly when I first started my job was just like okay I'm gonna make sure I take my lunch breaks and like read during my lunch breaks cause I don't wanna fuck around on my phone I don't wanna like just sit there and do nothing yeah, basically that's a good idea I mean I only get half an hour it's not a really extensive lunch break but at the same time I was just like okay I checked out a book from um uh shit what's his name Charles Bukowski and I figured oh it's fitting I'm a mail carrier I might as well read you know, uh, know you what was it called the post office his book Never, yeah. I, the only one I've read is Pulp, I think. Is the... Yeah. Well, he's just a great writer, and so I was just like, oh, it's fitting. You know, he used to work for the post office. So I'm going to read this fucking book. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's okay to read at work because people are like, oh, you're like reading the history yeah. of the post office. Yeah, I'll read the instructions. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> God forbid it's, I follow his instructions. I imagine he was a gnarly postman. <laughs> he did a lot yeah. of bad things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine that it's very <laughs> fictional. <laughs> he seems yeah. like a pretty bad I'm just like, this doesn't sound like 
This sounds like something he would do. Yeah. This doesn't sound like something that's too far fetched. Of doing it. Oh, yeah. it it's good. It's a good read. It's very. Is this it's turned very into funny. a book club. What's that? <laughs> Is this turned into a book club? Yeah, no, but please kill me though. That, it is really good. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's like well, it's the way all, it's, it's written. It's, quotes, it's like, like yeah, it's like a, right. like conversations and stuff that. Um, people are, are recounting these days you know so right. it's it's like it's, all these famous punk musicians yeah they're just like just like, like little quotes from all of them and it put together as kind of a story you know oh, and okay. then it'll go on move on from like velvet underground and then move on to mc5 and the stooges and um so it's cool yeah um, yeah so it starts like in la and new york when they talk about the doors and they talk about the velvet underground and, then, huh. uh, and how they all like encountered each other you know like when yeah. they first saw each other and it's pretty neat Hmm. To, you know what I really liked was the um, the Sonic Youth one, Girl in a Band. That one was really good. Did you read that one? No. That one was really good that. too because it was like <laughs> Kim Gordon was, you know, basically talking about being in Sonic Youth, but in the process she also ran into like all these other people, you know, like yeah. so you're basically like seeing. These people you grew up listening to, but hearing how they all kind of like met and like played shows together and you know joined bands and so that that's another really good read. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. See, I mean, my my extent of education as far as music is concerned at this point, it's like just watching documentaries and yeah, and then listening cool to music and the research that I do for the records that I find is pretty much a lot of the inspiration that I get and podcasts. I listen to a lot of interviews with people. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like I listen I to... Uh, I don't explore podcasts enough. No? No. no I mean, I, mean, I kind of cracked out on stuff like Serial and, um, you know, those yeah. kind of podcasts, but then... I think I um, like the in, in, uh, interviews more. Yeah. Um, there's one new one I just got into, which is actually really cool, which you probably would like. It's called uh, Disgraceland. Super cool. Yeah. Um, basically, what's, what's it's, it's, this, it's this guy that... Uh, uh, creates these shorter form it's about like half an hour episodes half an hour 40 minutes and it's about um sex drugs and violence and rock and roll um these really detailed stories of like actual historical events that happened to certain musicians that's awesome that's cool. and some of them involve murder wow. Oh, wow yeah and it's just fucking crazy because i'm just like i like i remember hearing something about this but then you like he he provides you with a lot of like, you know, hard information that I'm I'm sure he was fine like you know looking through case files and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So yeah, stuff like I totally Jerry like Lewis's that. like murdered uh, fifth wife, like <laughs> that's uh, right up my alley. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Left Eye Lopez's um, oh, yeah, debacle, yeah. like yep. her her <laughs> Andre Risen. Yeah, 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 like burning her boyfriend's house down, uh, her his mansion down, and uh, and it all. Was she like just dad. trying to light his sneakers on fire <clears throat> in the bathtub? Yeah, see, that's, like, that's, that's I don't remember, but yeah. that's that. I, I remember her lighting his house on fire. Right, um, but then her death too, which happened, which that's uh, right. Is she like in a jeep accident or something? How did she in die? Honduras. Yeah, it was oh. like some, something. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for you. You should just listen to <laughs> it. It's very interesting. There, yeah. There's crazy stuff like that, and please kill me too. It's like when they get into like when the MC5 is like deteriorating into like heroin dealers and coke dealers and yeah. stuff. They're like barricaded in their house with guns and drugs. It's yeah. like wow, these, these I, I bet, guys I bet are crazy. You know? Maybe that'll be a new episode on his on his <laughs> series when he starts it up again. But uh, wasn't that good. like didn't William S. Burroughs like kill his first wife like at a party? You see, that's the shit that I'm like, I feel like I've heard something vaguely yeah. about it, but There's I don't know really anything good, about it. Really. It might be a podcast or it's some sort of interview with Iggy Pop about William S. Burroughs. 
Um, It's really good. And I think that's where I found that out. Um, So look that one up. All right. I will. So, um, look, I'm going to refresh your drinks if you want. Do you want another one? Sure. Sure. Why not? And then we'll put on side two. Oops, sorry. Help me I'm going to put that disgrace land in my, uh... Yeah, I'll notes. remember that. I'll be like, what did he say? I don't remember. But I listen to a lot of interviews. just want to help yourself with some ice. Oh, sure. I'm going to put my grubby hands all over it. <laughs> put my grubby hands in your ice. Thank you I haven't washed them in days. <laughs> What's that? I said I haven't washed them in days. <laughs> <laughs> I shook hands with somebody really cool the other day. I was like, I'm, I'm never watching this <laughs> hand again. <laughs> You're a really cool homeless guy. I'm never watching this hand again. Careful what you say. I'm keeping all of this. Uh, yeah. It's all going out. Get Matt's messing with me. <laughs> That's hysterical. What a creep. Last night he was like, so you're like doing this interview tomorrow. <laughs> like, he was really interested about it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't do the censored version. The kids going to watch? Oh, no. Oh, my. Oh, no, we're talking about a grown up. Oh, we're okay. talking about a grown up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. I thought you were mentioning your kids. <laughs> he shows signs of adulthood. That's, that's the weird thing with, about my kid is that uh, he's very interested in what I'm doing out here. So he's just like, oh, you're like, you're you're doing you're recording tonight. I was like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm doing an episode. He's just like, well, which episode is it? What's it going to be called? I was like, episode six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you name him or no? Well, because he he started his own YouTube channel. Oh. And um, yeah, he's just like, I, we got him a tablet for. So you gonna support Christmas. the family? He got a tablet for <laughs> Christmas from Santa, and um, yeah, he's just like. Now he's just banging them out because now it's he's doing it by himself. It's crazy how much they're into YouTube. It's, like it's, yeah. it's like that's their whole world. Yeah, yeah it's, there's no more like TV. There's no, no more Saturday morning. Crazy. No. And even yeah. like when I, I take a video of my son doing anything, he goes, as soon as it's done, he goes, tell me how many likes I get. Or how many <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. And he's like, he thinks as soon as you like take a video, it's like out in the internet and people right. are searching for it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's such a different. Subscribe to my channel. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's like, how many likes did I get? I was like, you didn't get any likes. It's on my phone. <gasps> I had the creepiest experience with um, a kid in CVS. And (laughs) I'm trying to think of where I was. I'm just in there, and there's a mom with her, like, little son. He was probably, like, seven in front of me. And he's, like, chatting me up. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, good. You know how many likes, how many YouTube followers I have? I'm like, I don't know. And he's, I don't even, it was probably, like, 100 or something. And he was like, yeah, like, a lot of, I get, like, so many likes every day. And he just, like, went on in this full, like, out, like, YouTube, like, how cool I am on YouTube. I'm like, whoa. Like, they're really into that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's the new currency, you know. Yeah. And they're they're like, like, this famous YouTuber was, like, Friended me on Fortnite, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all those things are fake. <laughs> not to them, it's not. Yeah, I none know. of those people are actually doing anything. <laughs> it's true; so, they're just playing a video game. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and talking into a camera. <laughs> he used to just watch videos of people opening toys and playing oh, yeah. with the toys. I'm like, I hated that. Oh, the worst! It made him want every single toy on the planet number one. But I was like, who is this kid? He's like. 
It's like a millionaire, and all he does is open toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even worse, like, because I have two boys, so they didn't watch this, but I saw it. It was like grown up women playing with Barbies and like making them talk on YouTube. And oh, kids Jesus. would watch this. Like, kids would watch grown ups. It was child make... friendly. Because I can imagine yeah, that no, going no, in a it different was. direction. I mean, it's, it's just creepy because, like, <laughs> that's just weird, you it know? Is. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of, like, little, like, girls are watching, like, Barbies, like, hang out and talk to each other. And, like, that's some actual adult was, you know, putting that together. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff out there. Crazy. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, crazy imagine place. if that person watches this. That'd be great. <laughs> no, we have... Nothing but respect for you. <laughs> no, no, no I mean, I, I just think it's amazing how you got people to like a <laughs> to following. That, like, that's yeah, no. it's amazing how you got people to do that because it just know. sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know how I could spin that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no spin. There's no comeback to no that. Spin. It's, it's yeah. crap, okay? It's sorry. crap. Sorry, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, most of your followers totally are kids. Do something you know? <laughs> okay, you know, you have kids watching what you're doing. You can pretty much do anything. You can, you know, and they'll watch it. So that's kind of where they get away with it. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to open this Lego set one bag at a right. time. <laughs> why, can't, why can't we do that and make money? We can. You can. You yeah, just got to degrade you yourself just, to you that level. You have to level, suck it up. <laughs> go find some Ken dolls and just fucking go for it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one's, no one's going to see your face. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, you can just do that. your it's, hands. It's completely anonymous. <laughs> What? What's wrong? What's wrong with my face? <laughs> I'm, I'm searching so tomorrow. No, it's just just so that you don't have to feel degraded yourself. Yeah. You know, it's just like you no one to, knows you're doing it. You have to it. give up your music career. I'm very to self-conscious play with about my hands too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm they're just not—they're not camera ready. I don't know if I'm ready for the yeah. toy videos. Wow. Yeah, you can just go to a nail salon. And it's fine. <laughs> Just stick with music, okay? Just that way. Don't this worry about it. This is getting really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's do side two. This sounds really great, by the way. It's super it does. clean. Yeah, doesn't it? I was very happy about it. Because, you know, sometimes when you're finding these things, it's. You never know. And sometimes even the looks of them, like uh, the Iggy Pop record, the Stooges record, Raw Power that I had, didn't look great, but it sounded pretty good. Mm hmm. And, um, well, I always wonder how the <clears throat> when you see like a jacket that's like hammered like this, and the record inside is clean, I always like what wonder what happens. They just listen to it a lot, but they care for it. it. Was like my I have a that same Stooges record I was telling you about that I bought at Tom's Tracks when I was a kid. It's like the jacket's all taped up and mangled and the record is like pristine i'm like what were they doing yeah well i think just the num yeah the number of times like if you don't have that sleeve right. on it the but number of times you pull it in and out of your record collection right. like it just it's it's friction yeah. it's like right. i guess yeah yeah no actually that's what dan said to me because uh the, the copy of raw power that i had was kind of similar to this was like you know pretty pretty uh, worn and had the ring wear on it and he was just like yeah you, know, you get that from from pulling it out of your shelf yeah as it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Well, trying to fit more on the shelf than you have room for. Right, yeah, you're shoving it. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they obviously loved the music, obviously knew that they wanted to be able to keep on listening to it. <laughs> so they cared for the record. And then the jacket, they were like, oh, fuck it, you know. Well, you know, this really... They're not thinking about this this record that they bought 60 years ago. Or, wait, how many did it come in? 50 years ago? Um... 
like actually someone listening to it 50 years from now imagine like you bought a record that's new right now and like somebody mm. 50 years from now is gonna have your record right you know yeah. like that's like i didn't know that crazy. when i bought my purple raekwon tape <laughs> that it was gonna be worth 170 dollars yeah you know? <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty that's pretty outstanding really especially for cassette that's i mean records right now yeah. they're up there i mean and that's very possible as a fact, the, these are the only things that'll keep playing though because have you noticed that like do you have any like 80s cds they just stop working like really? they just start to skip they start to deteriorate they start to like whatever then they start to shrink or dry yeah. out and like i have things that you know no visible wear at all that just don't work anymore so huh. that's weird this, you take care of, take care of one of those it's good for like so tape it's still this like is it still playing the same tape will wear it wears tape will wear yeah. yeah tape starts to so like that, that tape that you had like how old was it well did it play well is the question yeah that's what i'm wondering yeah i mean i'm sure it did what tape is this? Because I had, I had tons. <laughs> oh, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. Because I had tons of tapes, like you know, back when I had tapes, and like after a while, they all kind of like. Well, the tapes I you know? made you sound have, sound fine. I think like yeah. the, the the factory produced tapes, you know, new tapes you buy, right. they don't seem to hold up as well. But all like all the ones I made, I have tapes I made when I was 14, 15, 16, and I like it. So I can always tell like. Helps me put things into perspective on when I was listening to certain things too. Yeah. So be like, I was listening to a tape the other day that had like had a bunch of random stuff on it, and then like a Mark Lanigan EP. I was like, looked up when that Mark Lanigan EP came out, and I was like, I definitely bought this new in, in you know 2005 or whatever. I was listening to all of this stuff. It's kind of cool. So yeah, it, that all still works. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's funny though that you think that the uh, manufactured copies don't didn't last as they long. They just don't seem to hold. Like they don't seem to sound as good to me. Yeah. But but know. that's is that because you would listen to them all the time? Maybe. Maybe yeah. listen to them more. Who knows? I mean, because you hear yeah. that all the time where people say like, "Oh, I wore that tape out. Like I fucking yeah. played it like every now day." I remember wearing tapes out. Yeah. yeah. And that's very possible. I mean, tape is just. I mean, the vinyl is too. Because like, if you listen to vinyl too often, I mean, like, if you don't change your stylus. Mm-hmm. You can wear out the glue, oh, so yeah. and, and then, you know it's, it can get scratched. Like same thing with a CD. You scratch the bottom of a CD, forget it; it's gone. It's just <laughs> you just can't play it again. I was just researching how close we are to being able to 3D print records. Get the fuck out of here! Now somebody did it. It's like really low quality because they can't get like that. Um, you know the the stylus and the the bit rate or whatever. It's like a really low um, bit oh, the rate. Whole but record player. I no, you no, just the, the, record. the record. record. Oh, just the record. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, three, 3D printing records. Right, you know, because right. I want to press records, but it's expensive. So I'm like, oh, do people yeah. 3D print records? Like, I'm just yeah. like, you know, wondering of, and, and Googling I mean, and like, stuff. Yeah, you know, but like somebody did make a 3D printed record and it's really plays, cool. but it's not like good just quality. That, that whole thing it's just freaks me out. Dude, how they work it It's amazing that they even figured out how to do that. That's insane. You're going to buy, you're buying recording gear. Or you already have some recording here. Yeah. You're going to record your own records, right? Yeah. Um, by a record lathe. Well, that's the we're, reco- that? we're recording records. digitally. Not so just record Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, we're like, we can't afford it's a, it's tape a machines and shit. Yeah, yeah but how much is that? 
you can probably find them on eBay for a few hundred to maybe a couple thousand. Really? You have to, yeah. Then you have to know how to work on them. There's the only thing. Like I heard this on a, on, a, on a podcast as well. Uh, he started a business because he found one. Like I don't know how much he paid for it, but he found one in some place. And he ended up started, uh, starting to charge for the service of recording people like at an event. And so now he actually um, records onto straight to vinyl. That's cool. At like like in like in major artists, mm-hmm. and he'll like just record them and press them like right there. Like, oh, so the record lathe is you have to do it like sort of live and right You're into the record. the record. Yeah, that's Cutting like that. The that's record. a super that's old called, school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah Dead Moon made all their own records. They had, yeah. they had a mono lathe that they made um, Wild Thing on. I go. think it was it was one of like the classic Here's garage rock songs. Yeah. We record everything digitally, <laughs> and then we send it into that record yeah. lathe. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be stereo like it wasn't, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, how you that could works. You get a stereo lathe. Yeah, you get a stereo. Possible. Yeah. But it depends on what product you have, what product you're using. Yeah. But yeah, we prefer to record records. on tape, obviously. Yeah. But That'd be yeah. interesting well, to play around with, though. It's also kind of cool having, like... I think very good quality. Like, okay, so... But even, like, when we recorded a Machines, we just recorded tracks on to the reels, and then the reels were, went right into Pro Tools. They right. worked with them there. So it's just, like, the sound of it hitting the tape initially right. is yeah. huge. But also, yeah. our friend's band, Eric and the Nothing, just recorded, like, all analog mixed it to tape and everything and uh it's a different it's totally different did they it's, press the vinyl or yeah. press the cd yeah. and, it, it, and, it, and it sounds like it's supposed to it's like it's well okay not having a yeah, the but more even if the you most recorded digitally and put it onto record put it onto vinyl i think it probably still sound better I'm assuming. I don't know if the medium makes any difference. I think I'm when it's wondering. recorded, it has to hit some kind of analog thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about it. Because I wish I did. Once you I'm, put it to, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos trying to, to figure digital, it out. digital, you're, you're going you're, you're to get in your, you know, your, it's sampling, and you still get that limitation of the hertz. Like, once it goes into digital, where if it goes into tapes, they have, like, a higher range, you know? So I'm. It just like it confuses me how it's like if you go into tape and then you go into digital, how it's not like just still gonna like compress I, it to what it would be anyway. Well, I, I think it's the way the recording of it actually making it onto the tape. It's getting a different sound. Yeah. Than well, it's a natural the, compression when it gets recorded to tape. So okay. instead of like going through the computer and you know putting it through that digital processor, you're putting it straight to tape, and that tape provides you some natural compression. Well, and also and the distortion you, you get from tape. Not being audio file, you're crazy. <laughs> but the, the I, I think the the distortion you get on tape is pleasant, whereas the distortion you get digitally is unpleasant. And yeah. So like you can hit a tape really really hard and send it into the red and it sounds cool. Whereas like but that that yeah, sound so doing that digitally <laughs> is uh, is yeah, a night it's horrible. Uh, it's, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean I well tape is I think more a lot malleable in that regard. Well I think you can you can send a higher frequency into it than digital without getting bad feedback. Because even like feedback that you are gonna get. It's still more manageable and palatable to the ears than digital. digital. Because digital, yeah. like even like right now, you can hear that this is like kind of like staticking. Mm-hmm. 
because it's going through this thing. Mm-hmm. So if it weren't going through that, you would not hear that as much or at all. That's the difference between so I don't know. That's that's my take on it. That's what I understand of it from what I've been told and what I've experienced. And I'll tell you what. From my experience of like going through all of this medium, because I sell records, but I sell CDs and I sell tapes too, and eight-track tapes, like anything I get my hands on, I'll, I'll, I'll sell. Basically, I have no shame. Um, I honestly gotta say that I think that the vinyl is the best medium. I really do. I, I think it for something like this, absolutely. But like, I think like if something was recorded in the 2000s sometime with the intent to be released digitally. Yeah. Or on CD, putting it onto vinyl, it's like it wasn't mastered that way. It was like it, yeah. so. Like there's certain things that I hear yeah. What you I'm mean. gonna I guess hear. there's no value in having like K-pop on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't well, shut up what. about K-pop. <laughs> I just <laughs> learned this word. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what. From my experience, I, I can't speak to the um, to the digital recordings of Kendrick Lamar's "Damn," but I did have it on vinyl. I just bought that for my wife for Christmas. So I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, well, see, so I haven't listened to the CD of it, or I haven't, and I haven't even listened to it on streaming. All right. So I have no other reference, but I had it on the vinyl, and I thought it sounded amazing. That's yeah. I, I thought the same thing with uh, yeah, that Alabama Lamar Shakes record. Is more musical, like, like the he, there's rules. a lot of like instrumentation and stuff. Yeah, but it, it was still recorded not... recently. It was a new recording. Yeah. It was like what from. Two, two years ago. Two, two years, years ago. Okay. So, and, I mean, and it just, I loved the sound of it. I think, I thought that it sounded great. So, I mean, I would be, I'd be very curious to know, to like get that on a CD. Yeah. And to just, just kind of compare, compare it. Yeah. 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 Just like, like listen I, to it on Spotify or something. Exactly. And like yeah. see what the like difference is. See what I feel about it. But I mean, I don't have the record anymore, so I can't put it, you know, side to side. But I do do that a lot. Because, like, right now I have uh, Abbey Road and um, Sgt. Pepper's Lily Hearts Club Band on 8-track tape. Yeah. I have a bunch of 8-track tapes right now, and I started listening to them all. I, I enjoy listening to 8-tracks. Yeah. They're cool. <laughs> they got a certain, they got a certain sound. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like it has a different sound yeah. than the vinyl. Because I, I, have, I know I've had copies of those, all the different multiple copies from, like, original pressings in the 60s to, like, you know, later pressings in the 70s. And listening to all of them, because I've been doing that, I'm like, I, I, I like the vinyl a lot more. Well, it, most, most things I do, too, but, like, if I was... Because if you bought like a Queen reissue on vinyl, they sound like horrible. Then like I would, yeah, and I would like totally rather listen to the CD or an original, you know, or a '70s pressing. But like the new ones are like they're bad sounding. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, like unpleasant. And like I found that with a lot of um, older stuff being. It's probably been digitally remastered. Yeah, because the master isn't. Yeah. The same right. as what they're pressing. They're pressing it from some other source. It's not. Right. It's like I don't know. Hmm. I, I feel like it, ha- it depends. It has to come from the right place. Because like if you're, it has to come from the right mother. Yeah. It would say like and I think a lot of these records are repressed with really secondhand digital sources. Yeah. Which is. I guess it doesn't. Yeah, you, that's where you have to really pay attention because yeah. there's all these like 180 gram releases and stuff like They're that. Not, they don't all sound good. I mean, like a yeah. lot of them sound really lousy. Like, like really, like qu- just 
queen is a, is a total... They had to imagine they were just coming right from, like, the reels, you know? Like, to... Is that what the process is? They used, like, I, it was like the reels to the record. Did they cut acetates in the studio? Uh, right off the, the decks? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I, I wish know. I knew more about Maybe. this stuff. I mean, I mean in always, some capacity, it's no, it wasn't passing through a computer, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, huh. So, and now it's definitely probably coming from something digital and they're making a record out of it. It's not well, coming from those way, like, original. Um, I'm going to say like you probably send it to a place to print a record in a digital format. Yeah, like a wave file. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're sending reels to the plants anymore. I don't even know how that works anymore. Like, um, my friend Daryl is an engineer. And I wonder how... So, so Eric's, did they just send the... I don't know. I'm going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> you should text him right now. Should we Is find out right things? now? Yeah, because yeah, sure. they recorded on tape and they got a record made. So was it just like, here, send your reels and right. you know, or was what were we recording on? Like there was definitely a reel, reel, but then it went to that like ADAT or something. Dude, so, like the big ADAT that looks like a like a Betamax tape. Yeah. Like a VHS tape. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're sending out. Yeah. Know, right. I mean. That's where I don't remember anymore. Like, it's been a long time since I've recorded in the studio. Yeah. Well, I remember we, when we recorded, we recorded at, like, Danger. Um, and we Danger. were responsible oh for God. getting that ADAT. ADAT? It was an ADAT. That was, that was the little one. ADAT. That was the little yeah, cassette, tape. right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we were responsible for bringing that with us. Like, the right. ADAT or whatever. Yeah. So you had um, to, like, mail that to whoever was going to manufacture your CDs or something. And I they would use that. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> right. I don't remember. Right. Yeah. All I know is that I ended up with, like, hundreds of CDs in my basement for, like, I think decade. our reels are probably um, still with Joe Moody's estate somewhere. Did you, know? you record on tape? Did you record uh, on yeah, tape? Yeah, it was on reels. Back I don't then? think I recorded on tape when I was... Yeah, yeah but it depends, because you could have recorded on, like, one-inch tape or quarter-inch tape. Two inch tape is the is the, the, is the maximum. Yeah. That's I have like, no idea. That's the highest grade I don't you think can get. He had a two inch machine. But we were definitely. I think because we because we recorded again, and I feel like maybe we reused our reel. I don't oh. know. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. At machines, we were. We I recorded mean, it wasn't really else, that. Uh, well, so what was the master done at, at machines? How did they they master that to send out to? Oh, uh, we, we emailed it, right? It was oh yeah, the, it was yeah. all digital. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she took well, care of it. Because you recorded to tape, so they didn't but give you some kind of tape. We recorded to no, tape, the tape and then gone the, t- like, the tape they just dumped the analog tracks. Yeah, they don't save it. That's you record two tapes, and then once you're done with that one take, the the little things go. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. I'm not even making this up. Oh, yeah. They like go, and they like send it to this computer, and then that. Chipmunks on crack. Yeah. And all these little things make wave files and Pro Tools, and then they're on to the next take, and then you're recording over all that tape. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we were just using one reel over and over again. Over and over again. Yeah. Huh. Well. Again, I think it's just the sound of the. Sound of the instruments hitting the tape is enough to make it to warm it up enough to make it. Yeah. Right. But I think you could. I think we opted for that yeah. though. Yeah. You could probably. It's a more. I'd la- like to actually research the actual to, like yeah. science behind that. Like, you know. Oh, you're gonna be in school for a long time. No, just like understanding <laughs> just, like what are the no what are like the, what are exactly. Well, producer, you might as well, man. <laughs> what exactly are you gaining like with numbers? You know, like. I'd like to know that. That'd be interesting to know. Yeah. 
No, I, I already I, failed I that engineering in school once. I, uh, because you know what you believe and what you hear, you know, and like what, um, you know, you're like, yeah, if you record to tape, obviously the best straight to record, that's awesome. But what are you losing when you introduce the digital like medium? You know, like how much are you gaining from going to tape and then to digital and then maybe to record like what are you know right. what are you losing so in the process yeah i don't know so i mean, I mean be, and, yeah because there's probably like real numbers out there people who have like measured yeah. all this stuff oh i'm sure yeah i mean if you want to go there I'm sure the data's out there. I could probably just Google it, right? You absolutely Google it. But, um, that's, I think that's a very deep rabbit hole you want to go down. That's like a, that's good a, to know, right? It absolutely is good to know, especially if you're going to go into your production. But and also, my ears are shit. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Yours too? I have one, one ear hears way less than the other ear. How do you know that? Because if I listen to, um, like, earbuds or whatever. get closer to the Oh, sorry. sorry. I keep on forgetting we're actually, like, recording something. So if you, um, yeah, if I have, like, one earbud here, here, and I switch them, like, I can tell the difference between the two ears. Okay. Yeah. This ear is worse. So you think you're deaf, more deaf in one ear. And it's probably because... Um, when I would go to shows, no one would be standing next to the speakers, and I'd be like, I can stand right here and see the band, and I was totally like, I don't know why nobody's standing over here. It and so, yeah, your left side, probably, it was probably like this speaker. It was probably at the living room. <laughs> huh. Well... I uh, I implore you to go ahead and do that. I'm gonna do that I'm gonna I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna share my findings. <laughs> Please do. I'm gonna publish a report. I, I actually kind of prefer that. I don't like to do the whole reading and like. Yeah, I'll I'll put charts. I'm gonna put charts. Gonna use PowerPoint. Great. Yeah. Great. I'm gonna put it right up here. Yeah. Project that shit right up on that. Uh huh. Sounds great. I am down to learn. <laughs> but I don't want to read about it. Yeah, how do we get down this uh, hole, hole, hole? That's what know. happens when you, uh, you know, sit around and drink and listen to records. You just yeah. kind of like end up. That's why it's such a. That's what's a, such a nice thing to do is put on records and. Well, that's it, what that was the idea because it's like, I've been listening to these by myself and it's like I know people that would sit and listen to a record with me. One, two, I got three, a, I got a buddy that I love this. The door. <laughs> I got, I got a buddy who's also in the audio gear, and we try to get together once a week or so and just, you know, put on nerdy records and stuff and critique the gear and everything. It's, it's awesome. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, like, it's a great way to, I don't know, just listen more, you know. It's, it's, yeah. It's all about the experience, right? Yeah, and it's so. What I was reading about this record is that um, they listed the songs in a particular order to tell a story. So it's it's like a love story. So it started out with like falling in love, and then it moved on to being in love, and then like falling out of love. Yeah, and then like infidelity. I think was uh, pale blue eyes. The murder mystery. The murder, yeah. Murder, yeah. Then, then, of course, I you kill him. Then you kill him. What I think is really, right really head. cool about listening to a record or any or a tape or whatever is that the progression that the artist intended you to listen to the record, like you're listening to it in that. Yeah, I think how important the sequencing is yes. of things right. is like and how 
like certain things in a different order could really throw you off. That's like, tough, and, yeah. And and they're like, and if you close now that people don't really listen to a whole. That's yeah. why it's even like it's instant gratification. I'm like, I want to hear this song, and yeah. I can hear that song like right. right away. But then you yeah. lose the context of what the artist was trying to. Well, see, I think like yeah. And they weren't thinking about a single, like they were thinking about a record. Yeah, Yeah. they were like, "No, this fucking record's going out." I mean, like, this is the whole idea. Forty-five. Yeah. But you're just like, okay, well, what that song was, that was sounds best on this record? Because like, they had to, you know, like that, because that was the business. So like, oh, we yeah, need, the, yeah, we need I a feel single. like right. a lot of times it was the record company that picked the single. You know, right. they were like, this is that's the one. You know, that's what we're putting out. Right. Um, yeah. But they probably. actually used to, you know, pay artists and stuff to be like, yeah, pick whatever you want. Yeah. This is a job. When an artist yeah, was sure. like big enough, yeah, yeah the <laughs> artist was like, no, this is a single. But I feel like in the a lot of times in the beginning, the record company is like, no, that's that's the single. Right. That, yeah, yeah. For sure. I think this is also like the start of when, like, people started making a ton of money in the music business where like they were just throwing money at bands and yeah. like, they just left them alone. And like, mm-hmm. and, like that's why like a guy could sign the Stooges or the MC five. It's like, who would, or why would can be able to put out that many records? It's like, think of try to like do that today. Like, right. <laughs> like who would stick behind a band like Pink Floyd through? Yeah unpopular stuff yeah. until they got this you know it's like they're like yeah yeah do what you gotta but do that was it's a like, really cool job too that guy got to like just wander around and like yes, go to shows, shows and to like bands. listen to bands and like feel it out and be like hey i think this is this is something yeah like this one's got potential and they had you know they that that was their job that's awesome like yeah there you go i mean i do that all the time but i'm like that band has potential that's a really good band yeah but are you willing to put your own money down on that band no, I would definitely put somebody else's money yeah. down on it. Good luck for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, so, yeah. I agree. World out there, I, I'm available to be paid to do this for you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, if you're I'm out there all the time. I, I, I really, I like the idea of the production thing, because especially being a, a kind of like a, a stale musician, I feel like my ideas are better than my ability, and... I'm not saying that for you guys. I mean, what are you trying to say, James? <laughs> I'm saying that if you want to be a producer, it's like all shit. Go for it. <laughs> well, because first of all, okay, if you want to speak realistically about the financial aspect of of the music business, oh, producers not... better better spot to be in anyway. I would assume. Yeah. Because first of all, you don't actually have to put your money down on it. No. To be no. a producer, you don't have to put your and own you, money. You in. actually get a song credit. You get royalties. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. get one well, percent. Yeah. yeah. You get one percent of like whatever. Wait, what, was I a producer for the songbirds or no? <laughs> you, can, you can claim that right now if you want to make. I produced. You can make ten percent of nothing over the next thirty years. Then <laughs> <laughs> after that, we'll, yeah, well, who we'll, knows? We'll, See, we'll that's, restructure that's, that's, that's the thing. You don't even know how many great ideas I had in that. <laughs> I was like, I think you should turn on this lighting. She, she did suggest the lighting change right oh. after. Right after that I affected everything. I changed yeah. everything. Yeah. No, right. I suggested you not change the lighting mid-recording. Oh, like that, that's gonna yeah. fuck everything up. <laughs> no, man, you're gonna go for a different feel. Yeah. Just feel like just everything like is just gonna have keep a different. Keep it the same. Yeah, completely different feel, and that's not gonna work. It's not gonna have any continuity throughout the record. That sounds like something a producer would say. <laughs> I have a little bit of experience in that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do, really. I mean. I'd like yep. to get there eventually, but I'm not. I'm not I just, there. It's like I think we totally missed out on on every boat. Like, 
the gold. I don't know. That was, I think it was like easier to dream in the sixties or seventies. It's like, it, uh, it's you just, know what? it's just like know. really nice that we can, um, do everything that we want to do basically you know it's like i want to play in bands i want to record bands i want to play right. in two bands i want to i'm going to also work i i'm i code like i just like all this stuff i want to do i'm like i want to do it and i'm just and i just do and you like can. that's it really is, nice it's, it's i'm not getting that, paid though. to do most of those things <laughs> no. but i do get to do it right you know which is and i get to go see shows and um it's it's just and in the long run it might pay off for you i mean it's not like okay so but i feel like the payoff is just like not like it's a lot of fun no the payoff is not having a super like um you know keeping up with the joneses like normal life and like working nine to five and like that's your being on the pta or something i don't know being on the pta is really cool i don't do it you just really really offended my wife no i tried i was not into that no Um, it's a little weird yeah it's so weird um but (laughs) i'm just saying what i particularly like to do like that's that's not who i want to be and i but i you know i do like having kids and being an adult too Right. Um, but I do get to do all these other things that were part of who I was forever, you know, and mm. I still get to do that. You know, that that's a really interesting perspective that you have that I'm actually really happy you brought up. And only only because my wife was mentioning this to me last night. And I think that it's very important for a woman especially to feel that because I feel like it's a woman's perspective thing of like this, like being able to feel fulfilled in what you're past life and your current life are like how they're how they're melding Mm -hmm. because especially with the kids being involved and all that stuff is like that's where things get really complicated for a woman i feel i and and definitely but i feel like that can also happen for fathers you know it can happen for anyone but like i feel like there is a pressure for women and it's less now but it it is there like when you have a baby like you're a mother and like that's who you are you know people there's no expectation that you have any other identity except for that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I absolutely even do. like going to work was like, what well, would you, are you like going to go to work full time? I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to work full time. And then it was like, then I start playing in a band and they're like, well, you're going to like miss out on all this stuff with your kids. I'm like, I'm with my kids all the time. Like right. we do stuff like we're, I'm super present with them. Right. Um, but and they'll mostly be sleeping by the time you're out playing. But I try I to do also, everything after Max goes to sleep. But the yeah, thing is, it's like there's it. a lot of times that they're really proud of me, you know, and they won't tell it to me because that's not cool. But like, I'll go to like parent-teacher conferences, and they're like, "Yeah, they were talking about how you're in a band and how you are like you you were on the radio, and like they're like right. they're really proud of what I'm doing. So like, even yeah. though they're not like saying it, but they are kind of like excited about it, and they like you know talking about that i think stuff. it's good to, for kids to see their parents excited about anything because like yeah it's and that because like, like a, not a people, lot like, of kids have doing stuff with parents that do. are excited about things parents so that do, do you know, anything you, aside from work and come yeah, home and, and sleep you know, and eat yeah. you know, i think like, it's a good environment it to, makes you a yeah. better to, like, parent and like, it so. makes you a better person to be around I, yeah i think so i like i even to watch like my son how comfortable he feels around so many different kinds of people and like how take them to like outdoor shows and stuff and how many cool bands he's seen. I think that's like, I don't know. That means something. I think that's some super parent. That, 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 <laughs> that's that's going to matter to him in the long run. I think, you know? I mean, 
like yeah. like as he gets older he'll be he'll he'll start to understand and appreciate what that was yeah. it's like that donovan concert i got dragged to and i was so bored you know but like later on i'm like i saw it's like Don- oh shit i got i saw donovan i'm like i Wasn't saw so donovan cool? yeah i was so cool when like I was later on that was really cool <laughs> and so um my mom was a musician in when we were kids it, there was like there are like like both hippie musicians lived in like a commune like it was like this yeah in san pedro but like so she was in a band and shannon would like crawl inside the bass drum which is probably explains our bad hearing too <laughs> but like while they were playing and like sleep on like the little pillow like in the bass drum like and that's how we were raised and like those are memories was in a band with mike watt with mike watt are you fucking kidding me yeah and d boone um, like, yeah. yeah say that and um, she told me this and I, I, it's not like I didn't believe her or anything. She's super she's cool. She's not like a but she's not. But like yeah. she's mentioned it before. But then I brought it up. Well, I went to see Mike Watt at FET, I don't know, like five or six years ago. And uh-huh. I went to get my records signed after the show or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, my mother-in-law says she's in a band with you at, back in Pedro. You know, you used to practice at uh, Fort, Fort something. Fort Thunder. Fort, no, no, not no, Fort no, Thunder. No, no. Fort, no, Fort Thunder, Thunder was here. For, yeah, Fort Thunder. Fort Adams. Fort that was, no, was it Fort Adams? Newport. Nope, this was Fort. <laughs> Fort, we don't, where we just Fort there? MacArthur. All the forts Fort are MacArthur. in the north. Fort MacArthur. I don't know what you're talking like, about. So, and, um, and he's like, oh yeah, Aaron. And he like, and he immediately told me this story about their first gig and, you know. Whoa. And they, it, uh, and he's like, yeah, and then we met the, at that show, we met the drummer from the Weirdos who told us that there was a punk scene in LA and then me and, we, you know, we started this other band. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. It was pretty awesome. So my mom yeah. was like a teenage mother. Um, she had Shannon when she was 18. And so not super teen, but like later teens. Yeah. Um, but me, when I was, she was 19 and a half. Um, but, and she, we lived in my grandmother's garage that they made into like an apartment. Um, Jeez. But my mom wanted to, us to move in with Mike Watt in the commune that they all lived in she's like yeah we're going to live there and my grandmother's like i will take those kids away from you <laughs> like you cannot move those kids in to damn a commune it. yeah damn it damn, <laughs> damn it that would have been so cool yeah well <laughs> still pretty cool yeah it's still pretty cool for sure i mean so wait so your mom never like it never nothing came of that band like they didn't record anything or no, no so it was like they, a cover band um oh, okay. and was like, my mom wanted to play fleetwood mac and he did not want to play fleetwood mac and that's where they differed and that's mm. probably yeah. how, that's probably what broke up the band it even yeah. a, i mentioned it to her, i was like yeah, I, I met mike watt and i I mentioned you. He's like, oh, you didn't like me very much. It's like he was so much cooler. You like he was reading all these fancy books, and all this stuff. Right. And, and like, he was in a legendary band that was yeah. just like right. taking off. What's funny, but, you know, guy in a legendary band it was like we were. Me and Shannon went to visit, and we were staying at their grandmother's or around the corner from their grandmother's, and it was like this super crappy bar on the street. We were like joking, oh, we should go to that place. And then we were looking in the paper and it was like, oh, Mike Watt's playing there Tuesday. <laughs> so like it was just playing a gig like anybody would play yeah, like, yeah. in his hometown on a weeknight. Just came in his Not van. Not to a big audience. It was yeah, just like just a simple yeah. bar crowd. kick-ass amazing show and packed up his shit and went home. I was like, what it's all about this guy like loves it we re- loves it so it. much that yeah, yeah. And then a couple of years we recently <laughs> went back this summer and um i'm like oh that that would have been cool if like you know i got to see mike Wild at like a bar that would be awesome and then i'm like looking and on um you know his facebook post or whatever he's like yeah we're playing in long beach at whatever bar 
And I'm like, dude, that's like on Friday. Like we're going to be there. So we made the trek out to this bar in Long Beach and it's like literally a bar. Like it's not a stage or anything. Like it's like he's playing in a corner. People just kind of like cleared out a little space for him and everyone's just like watching. And it was some really weird, like David Lynch kind of stuff. Like some guys like reading poetry and he's playing bass. That was weirder than the one we saw. It was, that one was really strange, but it was still like and then he it was just like nine o'clock he played and then afterwards he just like scooted right out and left like that <laughs> was just like yeah he's wow. like he's still doing the so it felt really cool though it's like this guy's as legendary as he is he's doing the same shit where at he's a bar. he's just yeah. playing at a bar not making yeah. anybody he's just one yeah, of those guys just, yeah. like, he's like, like just, yeah i'm gonna do this anyway it's another night he's gonna go do a show it's really cool yeah it's like pedro and like i think like you have to if you want to play the kind of stuff you want to play and realize that like nobody loves it as much as you do you know like you have to be happy right doing that kind of like that's you know everybody wants to have a real career doing it but more yeah. likely you're gonna well he's he's you're had gonna a carve out oh, yeah, i'm talking about like now. people that are influenced yeah. by you know, oh, yeah, but like yeah. but like you have to you have to be okay with just Liking but, it, right? <laughs> you know, but him, I, just, I mean, like, he—he's proof of that because he's just like, oh, yeah, I can. I just, I'm just gonna set up in this bar and play to like five, yeah. ten, twenty people, and whatever it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just gonna fucking play. And it's yeah, nice. It's, no it's nice the crowd, else. like they, you know, they're they're used to what he does. He does it all the time, you know. And yeah. so like they're just everyone just hangs. No one bothers him, you know. Like there's nobody like rushing up to him or whatever. And like you can like kind of feel that vibe, and everyone just like. Hangs and watches, and then hmm. he leaves. Like it's just maybe that's the California um, vibe, huh? Maybe yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's just like, like a guy that. Well, he's like I think for that, him that plays those kind he's of probably, places. I mean, who else did anyone else come out of Pedro? Like he's probably like the. Yeah, he's like the hero. The there. biggest pretty thing sure, that came yeah. out of Pedro, pretty you know, sure, like that man, was like NRB. his scene, right? Um, sure, there's, yeah. yeah, there was like the other place we saw him play at. There was like paintings of D Boone on the wall and stuff like that. There, those two guys were like the. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So, I like, think. this is our guy, you know? So, yeah. they're just, I mean, Pedro is not really much of a place. Like anything place. To get behind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I when I grew up there, it was a lot. I didn't grow up there. I was there till I was like four, but my family lived there. So, like, there's a lot of like history with us, like, um, being there, but it was a, it was a nicer place. It was a, it, it got a little bit um, rougher like over the years or whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's like coming back or whatever, but it's not, there's not much there, you know, yeah. it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit like Pawtucket. Like it's just, you know, but at the ocean. It's like, like a like, decent city, but it's just it's not much Pawtucket. going on. It's like Pawtucket on, on, on the water. On a beautiful coastline. There. <laughs> like a slight, it's like how Warwick's on the water. You could, it's like <laughs> Pawtucket. <laughs> if, you could, if you could see Catalina Island from Pawtucket. From Pawtucket. Then, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds great. I mean... <laughs> So, um, look, we're going to wrap this up because yeah. it's getting to be two hours now. Wow. And Sorry. Uh, You're going to have a lot of editing. Guys. Yeah. No, no. This shit's going on the way it is. Like, I Uh-oh. don't edit this shit. Uh-oh. No, Sorry. <laughs> I guess I should have warned you. Um, no, I, I'll do a little bit. But um, thank you for coming. You guys, uh, tall teenagers, you guys are playing a show on next Saturday. The 12th, was it? Is that Saturday? Yeah, next Saturday. Next January twelfth. January twelfth. January twelfth. At okay. SQ. <clears throat> With Beta Motel. I believe it's free. And it uh, is. some other band called Cherry Pit. I don't know who the This other band, is. Cherry Pit. This Cherry Pit Beta Motel, Tall Teenagers. Yeah. We have um February 9th, Cherry Pit 
and Songbirds Opening are again? playing at... So Cherry Pit Songbirds only have played once. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it's our other bands. Our other bands Mel are playing Songbirds on... and Cherry Pit? No, no we're one... just playing together. Yeah. Who oh, else okay. is on that one? Uh, Tawanda yep. and... Uh, Uh-oh. Fuck. Ger- Germ, Germ House. House. Have you ever heard this band, Germ House? Mm, Killer. Sounds familiar. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, so that's that's happening at ASU twenty, and then on the fifteenth, tall teenagers are at dusk with Joy Boys, who are awesome. Have you heard Joy Boys? Killer, familiar game, brand, but brand I... new. But, um, so if I was an A and R rep, Joy Boys would be <laughs> yeah, my so bet. We, we saw Joy Boys Saturday <laughs> night. Uh-huh. I'd be like that band is gonna go somewhere. I flipped out a little bit. I was oh, kind of, they yeah, were that's really a local good. band. Okay, yeah. I thought I saw your and, post um, about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They were they were really good. Kid writes awesome songs. And uh, who else is? Oh, so Detroit Rebellion. Oh, and Detroit Rebellion. Have Did you heard they, of this that band? Same night? Oh, and yeah. also yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie. He changes his band Char- name Charlie all the Dollard's time. Rand- rare coin. Collection. Our friend Chuck's band. Char- yeah. Is that what it is? Charlie? Charlie Dollard's record, yeah. He might actually change the name before he plays, but yeah. our friend okay. Chuck's band, yeah. He's artistic good. like that. Yeah, he's yeah, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. But he's he's a he's a talented guy. He writes some really. We cool trust stuff. that he's going to do something. Yeah, good, just yeah. kind of. Every time we see him, it's surprising, <laughs> and totally different. He's, he's a character. He's really good. And, okay. Uh, All right. Well, look. Make sure you send me the links because I'll I'll post the links up. Will okay. do. And then that way everyone can That's, can uh, be reminded of that and your and department. Yeah. yeah. yeah so when is this? One. When is this? Um, uh, it'll air in like a couple days. Okay. So I'll make sure to get up the SQ show on the twelfth, and uh, whatever else you guys have. So All right, cool. Cool. If you want me to link your Bandcamp or your um, yeah, you do Bandcamp, you do SoundCloud. Do we have that? Bandcamp? Um, tell teenagers at Bandcamp dot Bandcamp. I'll, I'll link it. No, you just send it to me. And, and then, then Cherry Pit <laughs> is on Bandcamp too. I can I can link Cherry Pit too. I can link uh, Songbirds. We Songbirds have, is not have, up we yet. We have a Facebook page. Yeah, I can link your Facebook. I can link when's your, your when's your music going up? I can link your LinkedIn. I can link I your master. It's a master. Okay, I can cool. link your Tumblr. I can link whatever you got. Alright. That's fine. Ooh, maybe Cherry Pit will have a new song out because Damien's mixing it and he might Oh, you might get motivated to get that. I'll have it done tomorrow. Oh shit! Yeah, look at this. So that'll be new on Cherry Pit's Bandcamp. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of having like a team and like a band to work with, a team to work with, because they like, I'm gonna get this shit done. Like, you need to get your shit done. Get your shit done on your end, so I can finish my shit on my end. And that's how shit gets done. And we're sort of like gonna toy around with with tall teenagers, like. Him recording some stuff and then passing it to me, and I record some stuff at like home. Yeah. Like, to so you can take more time. And, take more time know. and yeah. like do kind of your own thing without, you know, the pressure of the feeling pressure under the of gun to like get it done in yeah. a yeah. certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. You just really don't like being around people you or know. each other the, the <laughs> very last, much. The last record, <laughs> the last record I recorded, uh, we recorded in two years. Oh wow! So that was weird. Yeah. I, I like. I it, guess that's like the that's the downfall to recording. Sometimes is right. like well, you're never where, done. You if it's free, you're never done. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> just like keep on going well, with it, wasn't it forever. Free, but, but we we got the the good deal on it. Yeah. So we yeah. were like, whatever, we'll go in and we'll do some time. We'll put yeah. some hours in like, here. Right, I got a couple hundred bucks. I'll put it in. Yeah, but it took two years for it to be finished. So do you, do you like it? I I do. 
I do like it. That's good. There's moments where I'm just like, God damn it. Could have done Almost that. like that no. last record better. we did with the Haymakers, we didn't really like. I love that record. It, it okay, took like, you, you spent, it was expensive and it was yeah. time consuming and was not. You guys spend time in the uh, the secondhand stores, right? I do. How do you feel about seeing your band's shit on the on the shelves? I love it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, it. I saw I saw a Haymaker CD at the Salvation Army in West Warwick. They yeah. had a yard sale where they gave out Haymaker CDs <laughs> with every version. Oh, we had so we have so many of the band, and oh, we sold that's all so the. Bad. We had like hundreds of T-shirts that we sold to like some woman who ran like a, a house cleaning service. Oh. So so there's like this fleet of <laughs> this whole crew of. You know, house cleaners who are wearing haymaker shirts as wow. uniforms because she, she bought them for like a nickel a piece. They're called the haymakers. Yeah. Cleaners. <laughs> so, the haymakers so, cleaning crew. I was like, this is the best chance they ever had of being worn or used as rags. I'm assuming. I'd like to think they were worn, but they were probably, probably rags. used as rags. But um, oh yeah, god, we just gave the CDs away with every purchase. And people would be like, no thanks. <laughs> so, I think we actually gained yeah. a few that day. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's 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 the that's the tough part about it. But hey, well, whatever. The f- yeah, with tall teenagers, we didn't order a lot of CDs. Yeah, like for either pressing, we ordered a hundred. <laughs> we're like, we want a CD release party, but we know nobody buys CDs, so yeah. we're just like gonna order a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, the, the first one is gone. Then yeah, we lost most of the first one. Yeah, lost and them. we lost <laughs> them. No, no, we, that, no, that we, makes we them sold extra. We either sold or gave them away. Yep. People have them. People say, have yeah. them. But okay. the second ones, we actually never manned a merch table. They've been in the trunk of my car. We left them at a skew for about two months. <gasps> do, we have, do we have them back yet? Yeah, do they're in my, tr- in my trunk of my car. Sweet. Do you have one? No. Oh, uh, you want, you want oh my car is not here. Ah. <laughs> I will give you one though. Okay. We'll mail you some. Sure. Well, I'll try to make it to Saturday, for sure. Oh yeah, come down. I definitely want to. It's I free, but do. we can put you on the list. It's a free show, really. It's free. Yeah. It is, yeah. Even but they, better, it's a free fucking it's show. It's free. It's a free show. There is a train. What is he? He's a, um. There's a three drink minimum. You have to drink yeah. three. He walks around with like <laughs> a tip bucket. And there's a guy but he's who's a, gonna um, push a tip bucket. He's a in personal your face. trainer. Uh, like that's his job in real life that he goes in at at the club he goes around with the tip bucket like muscling people out of their money so yeah, yeah, yeah. come with cash oh, is it, <laughs> is it, it's legitimate like pass the hat gig it yeah, is, yeah yeah oh, it cool. is it, yeah. it, it kind of worked out it was out good last, last yeah. time yeah cool. oh shit you know what you guys should just set up in my house and play yeah you heard about the house shows, right? You do house shows? Do house no, shows? I don't. Oh, I, can. <laughs> I can. Why well, not? Me and Shannon are going to start. Yeah, we because, did. Because we there. Yeah, we had fun. one. We oh, had that's a great. Cherry but it'll be cool when you guys the have house. the outside because they have like a they have a really big yard and a patio that you could oh, set up really? like a stage. Do it outside a little bit. Yeah, that'd be nice. cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna have like a Woodstock 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we got the chili peppers and nice green day. Nicolmo? No, no way. No, I'm Come sorry. Because oh, the mud fight, right? You're gonna get hold mud fight against. I them. don't even know how to describe my hatred for Green Day. I don't like. <laughs> it's bizarre. How well, much? What if we stick them to specifically the '94 set list? Come on, I remember. I'm gonna tell you. I don't have very like vivid memories of hearing things for the first time. I remember hearing that song "Longview" on BRU on the way to the airport when I was going to Italy in eighth grade. And I, my brother was like, oh, I love this song. I was like, what the fuck is this? This 
this is horrible. <laughs> and I hated every second of it. And I never enjoyed a single moment of that band. Wow. And like that's I the never only thing enjoyed that, that. My car, I can't change the radio station when I'm in reverse. So if I start my car and I go in reverse and Green Day comes on, I have to put my car in park to turn the radio off so I can finish. And you will. You will park will. your car if you're on the highway. No, not the highway. Driveway. Oh, <laughs> parking right. lot kind oh, of I'm stuff. just saying. Like, no, I mean, I'm like not usually driving backwards on the, on the highway. highway. <laughs> I'm not in reverse on the highway. But when the reverse camera's on, I can't. Turn Green the radio comes on. This fucking thing's That's apart, the only and band that will make me. Well, <sighs> well, you know, the best thing about that is that uh, Longview is the only song that sounds like that from their whole catalog. Yeah, but then the, the other. <laughs> Everything else sounds the same. <laughs> but why is he trying to, like. He's not Britain. Like, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what Longview is. That's the. the, the jerking off one. That's their most the, famous the song. Off. There. Yeah. Oh, the jerking off song. Do you know that? No idea what you're talking about. Do you know the, uh, <laughs> it's the song, song, the song about, about, all about jerking but, off. Yeah. Do you know they? It's a funny story. <laughs> so, at the Haymakers were opening up for. Do you remember uh, Benny Sizzler by any chance? This band called Benny Sizzler. So it was yeah. Gail Greenwood from Belly and L Seven. Like it was okay. her band. Yeah. T- Terry from, uh, you know, the guy Scurvy Dog and some other. And, uh, Cool band, but there was they're friends with the bass player at Green Day apparently, and uh, oh, okay. so we were opening for them at the Met, and he was there, and he was like, you know, we're bullshitting with him, whatever. He like helped us carry equipment to our van and shit. It was funny, and like the uh, the girl I was dating like insulted him on purpose and like said something funny and rude to him, and he got like <laughs> wicked pissed, and he. <laughs> on the Green Day website, they had like these audio blogs that they would update each week, and like each member would say what they're doing. So like he's talking about his trip to Rhode Island, and he like dogged my band. It was awesome. He's like, I'd like to thank the Haymakers for finally getting the fuck off of the stage. I was Damn, like, yeah, that's <laughs> it was, awesome. It was really cool. So, <laughs> like, but that just added to the contempt. Oh wow! I was trying to like, you know what? I'll be cool to this guy. He carried our bass amp to yeah, the van. He's being like, cool with yeah, you, right? He's a nice guy. Shit. Hey, but. well, it is what it is, right? This one is jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Oh well. Well, thanks, guys. Thank thanks you. for coming down. Thank you. Our pleasure. I'll try to be there Sorry, on Saturday for you. So- and uh, I will link everything. Everything will be there. Everyone will find anything that you want to put up there. Uh, you know, you want to put up some old school photos or some shit. That's fine. Cool. I'll do it. Photos of a younger, skinnier me. Can I put those? In? Sure, if you want. Yeah. You got any nude photos yourself? You want oh, like all the nude photos. A little playgirl yeah. spread for you. A bearskin rugs. <laughs> Tigers. <laughs> I've spent the most of my adult years recreating Burt Reynolds' photos.